it means that I have to go through an entire fucking work tree to do the one task. That I've been doing. <laughs> oh, do you have it? I probably, but I like I don't want yeah. to self-diagnose. But I, I self-diagnose myself. <laughs> I have crazy ADHD. Like I, um, I have a different kind than a lot, like my brothers. My brothers are like pacing around the room, and they're like, I can't do anything in school, and I'm not gonna do this. I'm gonna. Uh, I'm going to binge watch all the Star Wars episodes instead of doing my homework. Right. But I'm like, uh, I mine's like a superpower. You're like hyper focus. Yeah. Yeah. So if I get the my main problem is starting. Once I start, I will sit there and I work on it for 20 hours until it's done. I feel like I'm the same way. Like I, I, I'll be trying to work on something and I literally cannot focus whatsoever. I'll be looking out the window. I'll be checking my phone. But as soon as I'm able to hone in. I'm actually able to do work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's me, but only if my interests align. <laughs> yeah. Actually, that that's a good point too. Only if I want to do it, then I'll do it. I'm like a serial procrastinator. I'm the I'm the best at it. <laughs> oh yeah, like I, I it's like down to a science, like how late <laughs> I can be on a deadline at this point. <laughs> it was yeah, like, like I have to write five pages. Um, I got about a week to do it. So yeah, I can write probably Sunday, five pages in like two, maybe one day. Let's see. It's due Monday at 8 a.m. I'll start Sunday, maybe Monday at 4 a.m. <laughs> start, I'll start Sunday at 5.32 p.m. I'll have just enough time. It's too real. Like, oh. Last semester, I actually finished uh, a paper at 11.59 on the due date. Oh, That's my insane. God. Did, I, yeah. did it allow you to submit still? Yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. Like right on the last. I, well, I mean, I could have submitted, but it would have flagged me as late. Yeah, but I mean, it was if it if it was like minutely, my professors yeah, all love me, so they're, they're like, dude, yeah. there have been so many times where I'm like, I think that I've submitted something and I never click submit and I just go <laughs> off of it, dude. And it's just it's like, oh, my career's fucking over. Thank you. Some, <laughs> something I do, and I'm not really sure why I do it, um, but something I do is I get like 95 percent of the way done. Like I just I get it all done, and then I just have to submit it, and I'm like, yeah, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't I'll, do I'll, I'll submit it like yeah, uh, one minute before. You know, I'll be yeah. fine. I can just procrastinate a little bit longer, or, or like I'll be like. I can do this extra thing to make this a little bit better, I'll, but, I'll, but I'll do it later. And then yeah. 10 <laughs> minutes before it's due, I'll be like, I'm not doing it. You just got to do the conclusion. I was like, mm, maybe later. Yeah. <laughs> I, I literally, I had um, this presentation that I had to do last semester for my modeling class. And, um, and I literally made the uh, presentation like the hour before uh, class started and I wrapped that shit up. I knew the paper. I had read the paper like multiple times. So like I was able to kind of just whip it up in Google slides, but it was just like going from that and then straight to presenting. Like, yeah. It, uh, it was I'm pretty sure like doing prep work for something like getting your outline done and shit. That gives me too much confidence. <laughs> <laughs> like it really does. Yeah. It's like, I know exactly how to write this fucking paper. I could do it all right now. <laughs> yeah. 20 minutes. Can, <laughs> so it allows, it allows you to be like, I can wait until the fucking absolute latest. Fucking literally. Yeah. Cause like once I get an assignment and it's like, I know it's like a long haul kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I will do all the prep work instantly and then never follow up on it. <laughs> For my senior design, my first semester, I wasn't really well versed in the project I was actually mm -hmm. doing yet because we don't start the project until second semester. So like doing my presentation for the proposal, I was literally like for the, the difference between the proposal that I did for the project and the final project are com completely different. And I had like no idea what I was talking about during the proposal. But then after the after doing like the final report and then finishing the project and everything, it's like I didn't need shit. I didn't have to do the yeah. final report. I could just it's like I knew everything about that. I didn't even have to make like a slideshow to help me. I, well, I mean, just you also spend like countless hours in that shit, too. Yeah. 
It's, it's so funny because working with my group, it would be like, all right, we're, we're working for the first hour. We'll communicate and stuff. And then by like, uh, by like 11 o'clock, everyone has stopped talking. We have like three hours of just radio silence. Everyone's just working on their perspective parts and everyone's just going like, what the fuck, dude? Why isn't this working every like 10 minutes or so? That's always the best part of group projects. Uh, late nights. I, for, I only ever once didn't do all of the work in college. In a group project. In a group project, yeah. I all I almost always go, all right, I'm going to do the project. You guys just have to do this and this, and that's it. And that's how it goes. Why do you think you do that? Why do you think <laughs> I do that? Yeah, I'm like, I'm just curious. Like, I, why, why do you feel the need to, like, o- like why overload yourself? Why do you, you want to butt into other people's work? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just saying, like, why, why do you trust why do you, anyone, Cole? <laughs> yeah. Why well, do you burden yourself with the with the responsibilities of your team? In well, like a, I'll like, tell you why it's a good idea now, all right? So I only ever did that. I only ever didn't do that once. And it was you this one least, bad experience. Yeah, this, <laughs> no, and the, the thing about it is, it was like, I always knew this was this could have been a problem, but it happened my last semester. So, okay. like... So the worst I, time to have the worst happen. time was the last time it ever happened. So essentially, uh, my partner's like, "All right, I got this. You can do. I will do all the work for you. You can just vibe out because it's your last semester." And I'm like, <laughs> "Hell yeah! You know what? Change your pace." So he did it, and then we give uh, presentations. And then my professor was like, uh, "So you didn't really uh, do that good." And then so I was like. <laughs> All right, whatever. And then so what I did was I just did a whole second project the oh next weekend, essentially. So I did like, uh, our group did pretty much double everyone else's and she gave us an A eventually. But uh, <laughs> like eventually. I was like, after the we third or fourth project, we got an A. Yeah. <laughs> you, did, you failed because of the presentation? She didn't, we didn't fail. She was just like, yeah, this is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. And you should have did this. Um, like factual information. No, um, actually, because she wanted us to do more. She literally said to me, I have like a, I have a reputation at college at the college. Um, oh, oh, Mr. Big oh, wow. Shot. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> it, it sucks, man. Don't under uh, my uh, kind of going into a tangent. I used to like underperform at track because I didn't want the actual. As you should. <laughs> so that way, when you get a raise, you work even worse. <laughs> yeah. So, like, uh, if you underperform, a lot of times you can just like skewed past responsibility mm-hmm. to an extent. Yeah. Absolutely. So Dude, like, I am a promise, then you don't have to overperform. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> After living my life as a parasite. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. But yeah, so when you actually excel, my professor looked me straight in the eyes. She said, I expected you to do more. And I was like, all right. Called you out. That sucks then. Because it's yeah. like you could have just skated across. I could have like, just did it. Well, then why did you put me in a fucking team? <laughs> yeah. yeah, what the so, fuck is that? They should have put you with people who they knew were going to, you know, do more work. When I was doing well, my... Uh, I mean, we we uh, we chose groups and my it was a friend of oh, mine. Okay. And he, was, he yeah, okay. was like, I'll do it for you. And I was okay. like, you know what? I trust you. Just this once. Still friends <laughs> with him? I am, yeah. He, he's, he's a good guy. Regrettably. Um, but... <laughs> I mean, yeah. that happens. Never let them live that one down. But yeah, we, remember. we basically did two projects instead of like my second project was more than everyone else did. So <laughs> and you know, whatever. Right. <laughs> you passed. I, I passed. I have flying colors, but um, a- I, I A's get degrades. Yeah, A's yeah. get degrades. <laughs> Yeah. So you guys hear that new Kendrick song? <laughs> <laughs> Great segue. Cole. Yeah. 
I did hear. Yeah. A matter of fact, I did hear that new. I, I actually heard it recently. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but what's I, your take on it, Alex? Oh, <laughs> just a preface. First of all, he says the F slur multiple times yeah. in a certain song uh, called uh, "Auntie Diaries." My my take on the album is that like overall, I enjoyed the album. It's just, on just the song. Oh your yeah, take okay. On the song. The, my take on the song. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, it's. I I, I guess I kind of don't like that. Uh, the the flow of Kendrick in in this album but that's just like i really like i really dig the instrumental and like his his wordplay is really nice and it's just like it, it's just kind of okay it's like a th- solid three out of five <laughs> how do you feel about the f slur i run around like i said i did as a as a bisexual male i don't <laughs> fucking like i i'm also disconnected from the community you can call me whatever the fuck you want if you but the thing is like if you swing at me first physical confrontation i will attempt to kill you so it's like <laughs> so if, if kendrick swung on you that's when you kill him yeah <laughs> but like i mean i will try like it, so, if you were uh, if you were Chris Rock at the Oscars, like <laughs> Will Smith, the Exler. Will Smith might be dead at this very moment. Decapitate Will on stage at the Oscars would be pretty incredible. Um, I don't personally for me, I don't think it's that big of a deal that he said it. Like, yeah, no, because also he establishes his own context within the song yeah, too, where like, he's establishing that it's like a like in in the identity of a growth mindset yeah. that this that this itself is just a, a like a social commentary essentially yeah he's saying cuz you know there's a lot of like uh <clears throat> very passive homophobia like in the black community and like hip hop and stuff like that <clears throat> and so i think like he's addressing that like like and, and and they're making he's making people feel uncomfortable, but I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. You know, like or you, you gotta to bring push light you a little to the, bit. You gotta rip I, off the band-aid sometimes. Yeah. I wouldn't even say uh like hip hop has a passive homophobia. I think it's a very active I, one. By, yeah. <laughs> by passive I meant like it's very ingrained or something. Oh yeah. You know, like yeah. It, the it's very normalized. Maybe yeah. that's what I should That's say. a better word. Yeah. I think it's a, like degrading women. That's like very a oh, very yeah. common thing. Well, I'm okay that's with that. Just fun. <laughs> you know, that's just good fun, you know, guys. <laughs> that's that's all a okay. Well, that's that's like literally right, a, men? that's like a, a hypocritical statement, in like yeah. in and of itself within the hip hop community, because they talk about a lot of stuff that is like both degrading to a certain you know type of people, but also it's like Kendrick comes up with a song like this. Yeah, but and, I feel also that those rappers, the uh, they no, because they always kind of like paint it and just like. Kind of like a like a holier than thou. I'm in the higher position kind of shit. Where it's yeah, like it's all a, flaunting wealth yeah, and all, everything. For yeah. the most part, it is like a, a flaunt of power or yeah. you know just what you have and over actually, people. I, so I haven't heard the whole this whole new Kendrick album, but at least I on have. his it's, at least on his last one, the um unhumble that song. Like he talked a lot about um like in general the hip hop community like focusing on like uh highly manufactured. Uh, like female looks, you know, mm-hmm. like the very photoshopped, oh, stretch yeah, yeah, marks, yeah. all that kind of shit. Uh, the last song so I, too, yeah, though. it is. And so I think like <clears throat> Kendrick has a history of analyzing society in his songs and like you know digging deep into like the shit that affects his community and Kendrick's him and all. A that. little bit of a sigma male. He is sigma. He <laughs> he disappeared for like five years. And <laughs> he just comes back as like and social commentary. <laughs> said the fucking F slur <laughs> nine times. He literally came back, dropped an album that says the F the F slur nine times and in one song. Nobody's and nobody's gonna cancel based. him over it. Yeah, and then he he's, in, he's in Ghana right now on vacation. 
Is he actually? Yeah, he just he, he left. <laughs> he dropped it in the yeah, left. And the, yeah, literally. He moonwalked the fuck I think out. I think that's hilarious. Honestly, the best thing to do, because yeah. if I was him in that position and I, I knew what I was dropping and I look at my phone and like all the people tweeting at me, I'd be like, fuck this. I would go to Ghana there anyways. <laughs> If I'm not already I drop there. it in Ghana, actually. Then I go to uh, France. Yeah, he, he plays his song in a club. <laughs> Everyone's like, I don't know the lyrics, but this is a great song. <laughs> I know some of the lyrics. <laughs> um, I heard a I, couple things in there. That <laughs> I know some I, of those words. I, I think like a lot of the people on Twitter that were getting angry. You is know, Ghana they, they homoph- see, homophobic? Huh? Is Ghana hobo- like homophobic? The country homophobic. <laughs> Are they afraid of homophobes? I mean, I think they're pretty, like, there's, like, a lot of Christians there who are very, uh, like, fundamental. Is hobo a slur? Hobo? Yeah. No. I don't think so. I think, I think it's a little disrespectful. People might not like it. Yeah, it's yeah. a little disrespectful. What if you, like, slap them around a little bit? <laughs> if you slap them around and call <laughs> them hobo, different. then it's a slur. That is a hate crime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, I think it's, like, it's, you know, people just see that he said the F slur or whatever, and then they get pissed off, they get angry, they want to turn it off. But it's, like, the whole message of the song is that you shouldn't say the F slur. Mm. Like how he, and he acknowledges like in the song how he baited that one white chick into like coming on stage and saying mm-hmm. the N word and Good Kid Mad City. Have you seen that, Cole? I have seen yeah. that. And like, and he talks about it. And then at the end, like he's like, obviously, you know, none of us should be saying these words or all of us should be. Like, you know, you, if you want to be able to say these things, like you have to be comfortable with other people doing the same about your group. I agree with that. I think the problem with slurs is that they elevate it. So they put these, when you make them these guarded words that you can't say, they give it the power. Yeah, I feel That's like what I, gives it that. Uh, the thing is like when those words are used, a lot of people often escalate the issue as well. Instead, oh, yeah. of, instead of taking like proper practice and like trying to like deescalate, or it's like, uh, I don't know. It's like if someone calls you something that you don't enjoy, why are you trying to immediately pick a fight with them? Yeah. Like, instead of trying to rectify the issue at the source in the first place. I agree. Like, right. To be fair, I don't think you can really rectify a situation with like a super <clears throat> hardcore racist that's going to be like calling you slurs yeah, like that. That, that but, is fair, but, uh, but it also gives you plausible deniability for self-defense. Well, no. I, <laughs> actually, I can if shoot you, them then. <laughs> if you were to like beat someone up who called you the N-word, like you're going to get charged. Oh, wait. You know oh, what I mean? No, because they want to escalate it because then yeah. they want the plausible deniability for self-defense. Yeah, and yeah it's the, all, the racist. It's all clicking. All the pieces the, are um, Like, I, I just think it's like... Like, I agree to an extent that, like, putting those words in such, uh, like, a bubble that's, like, you know, never say these things, it does give it a lot of power in that, like, you know, yeah, but anybody who does utter these words, they end up getting, mm-hmm. like, fucking, you know, screamed at and shit. Look and it's at like, what, uh, I'm sorry, but, like, uttering the word is not the same thing as, like, saying it to someone, at someone, in a derogatory way, yeah. you know? For, I agree with you. And the main thing about that is that it's not my battle to fight as a straight man. Yeah. Uh, you know, the a name straight woman. man. this podcast is we yeah. talk about issues that we aren't involved in. <laughs> yeah. Like, if I were a That's black a man, man it'd be very different of me talking about the uh, N-word. Like, I will never utter it. Uh, yeah. But unless. Well, the thing unless. is, like, <laughs> I think the main point to derive from that is, like, we can't get mad at people being 
upset at that. Yeah, no, I understand. Point. We can, we can have discourse about oh, it, yeah. but we shouldn't be. We shouldn't say how other people. We should feel we ultimately do not have the final say in this matter. We yeah. are just discussing it to further its points. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone, like individually, as even if you are like uh, a gay black man yeah. or like, <laughs> I feel like at some point though, someone's got to make like the executive decision. Like, wait, Obama's got to come for it. No more saying the N word. Actually, everyone gets. I've had some time to think about it. I'm okay with. The N-word. <laughs> First executive order by Barack Obama. <laughs> the N-word is okay. <laughs> term after Biden. Yeah, or, President Biden, anyone who voted for me now has the pass. <laughs> by decree Dude, of Obama. You get like a 99% approval rate. I know. <laughs> He's got a lot of votes from the right. He will, yeah, he'll bring together the white liberals who want to say it to rap and then the racist Republicans who just want to call people that. You know? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> It's like holy human- shit, the country's unified. <laughs> uh, Cole, what you said, it's like it's kind of like a psychology to be able to say like if we hold these words in yeah. high regard, um, then people want to either say it more or like either condemn it more. It's but kind it's of like- become its own philosophy mm-hmm. uh, in its own right, where it's like oh, we used to debate over whether or not like happiness is you know like oh physical pleasure or you know uh, if it's just the like over, the state of being. Yeah, the overall state of being of like contentment or like, you know, if I have more pleasurable experiences than negative, that's hedonism. Uh, but it's it's become so like I I love fucking philosophy and it's very interesting. It's kind of crazy how that there never is ever an answer and that pisses me off sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they still have they have the same exact tools as you did, except mm. a lot of people have just devoted their lives to it. Yeah, that's well, how think, everything is. I think also it's like we live in a different context now. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So it's like if the enlightenment happened today, we'd probably see much different uh, philosophical, you know, roots or tendencies or whatever. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're, co- we're, co- we're I feel like we're on the come up of like a of a new age enlightenment. I feel like we're we're starting to see some waves that are like hitting. Like what? Uh, just like in general, the uh, the progressive movement in general itself is uh, opening up new lines of thought. So it's just it's creating more opportunities yeah, I, for people to think down those lines. Yeah. And I think it's it's really interesting to to see the way uh, people's opinions have changed over time and how they're continuing to develop. Uh, from my uh, educated uh, opinion, from uh, <laughs> my degree opinion, <laughs> my intro to psychology one. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the main problem that I had with psychology is I really like the early stuff, like kind of up to like Descartes. I hated, I hated the fucking wording. You being like philosophy, not yeah, psychology. That is the actual, yeah. I just, I just <laughs> like completely, that is, this, that is too very no educated. Move <laughs> on. Educated. What's your problem with it? Back to topic. Yeah, we move on from that. All right. Um, no slip ups. I, I slipped up really bad there. Yeah, I just, for whatever reason, I, I'm dyslexic, all right? <laughs> That's my, all right, okay. I didn't say anything, man. <laughs> all right. We're bullying a handicapped man. Right I'm now. dyslexic, dude. <laughs> Welcome to the ableism podcast. <laughs> you can't use the D slur. I only <laughs> mean all these <laughs> dyslexics. <laughs> you want to fight? Dude? I'm going on Twitter with words, yeah. maybe because I know you'll lose. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm already canceling Anthony. Cancel- I'm using our, our Twitter. Yeah, I just uh, I I don't know why I equated the I. My grandma did the same exact thing to one of my cousins. She uh, she was a, a psychology major and she said she was a philosophy major. And I was like, <laughs> what is she going to do with that? You know, is she going to go <laughs> into no academia? There's no money in that. Yeah. Uh, psychology is uh, 
really, really changing a lot. Like I, I we were talking yeah, about. I haven't before. kept up with the field itself, but I, I yeah. do. Like with, all I know are like the preconceived notions that like if you go into philosophy, yeah. you go into fucking psychology, you're gonna you're gonna live an awful life. You're gonna be living on the streets like those fucking artists. It's like well. <laughs> Damn, well, what if them. I enjoy it? They, they don't get paid a lot, like, that's all. The way yeah. It's kind of the reality. Sadly. The way I keep updated with it is just my therapist tells me things about me <laughs> that I know about. <laughs> like she, She's like, yeah, uh, I think uh, ADHD is really closely related to the spectrum. And I was like, huh, that makes you know, sense. I yeah. kind of agree. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, that, that makes right now. I think... I think or psychology is really oh, interesting yeah. because, it, <laughs> because it, oh, no. there, there's like there's two aspects of it, right? It, there's one part of psychology that is the actual physiology of your brain, like the mm -hmm. chemical makeup that can change your uh, actual conscious experience or whatever. And then there's like another part where it's like these like Jungian or Freudian concepts where it's like more the philosophy behind psychology and like analyzing people's behaviors and where they might originate from mm -hmm. and like those things. And I think it's really interesting to like look at those two things. But it's I think it's better that I think today it's getting more empirically based, I think. It's because it's like a lot better. As we <laughs> it's so based. As we uh as we have like more methods of analysis and stuff. Yeah. Like if 20 years ago, I had what I had, I'd be fucked. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. I have uh, what's called agoraphobia, which is the fear of panic attacks. Oh, okay. All right. I, it might be agoraphobia. Yeah, I, no, I think agoraphobia is like I go, thought fear of going outside. I thought agoraphobia was like the fear of getting aggro. Like people just like... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the fear of agriculture, yeah. actually. Yeah. I have, you actually don't like being the tank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like with uh, agoraphobia, the only real way to combat it is... Um, we we didn't really even know anything about it at all, like 20 years ago. I was talking to my friend who actually uh, studies psychology. Um, and <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah, I got it. That's <laughs> that's um, and he he told me, like, he's, he's like, yeah, you'd be screwed 20 years ago because, like, they only recently started studying it very recently. Yeah, they'll just um, give you, like, 600 painkillers. No, they'll just shock your brain. No, <laughs> more likely, like I'd just kill myself in my house. <laughs> <laughs> Nut shock therapy will solve your problems. Like, 50 years ago, they'd give you, they'd prescribe you cocaine and heroin, and they'll be oh, like, yeah. oh, dude, so revolver therapy. For mm -hmm. psychology, it's like, mental illness was, like, essentially not a thing 50 years ago, 70 yeah. and years ago. And also, things that weren't mental illnesses were, like, homosexuality yeah. You know, like, yeah. yeah every morning you wake up play Russian roulette so that way you realize every day is a blessing <laughs> make, make your life as hard as possible so you think wow I can't get any worse and then you have to be happy I prescribe you leeches a lot of them <laughs> I prescribe yeah, you to, suffering we need a bloodlet every, every three <laughs> oh hours well, yeah, that's what uh, old doctors used to do they yeah. like yeah here's some leeches and, you well, know yeah. apparently there's like a real scientific basis to that like in, I don't know uh, about that I, well, <laughs> no 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 the, the bloodletting thing because they said that um y'all hear about now, crystals hang on <laughs> one of those jo crystals let me talk <laughs> jack off crystal yeah <laughs> that's a real thing okay no way. hang on put oh, a okay. pin in that put a pin in that we'll go back to okay it. the fucking i saw Just like a headline wait. i barely read the article so it's probably not true but they said that like uh in terms of like microplastics and forever chemicals that exist mm. in your blood if you do blood donation, it actually, that's like the only way to get those things out of your body. It's like um, a true transfusion at that oh, point. Oh yeah, and like there's like microplastics in the bloodstream and it like, it's ruining the infertility, it's ruining the fertility of men apparently. 
That's what I, I don't know about that. Thank fucking it, it not might, ruining, yeah. but uh, it's contributing an effect on it, at least some sort. It Finally, something natural with... male birth control. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, eating plastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, microwavable plastics in particular. Like if you leave a water bottle in the car and stuff like that, uh, um, particularly when the mom is pregnant with um, the child, essentially. And then when they drink out of like a old water bottle that's been sitting in the car or microwavable um, dishes and things like that. I think it's the heat. Oh, are you saying that it'll the, break down the, the mother who's drinking like yeah. bottle with microplastics, that kid will have fertility. Yeah. Problems. That kid okay. will have fertility issues. Oh, that's like setting yeah. fiberglass the, through the blood. <laughs> <laughs> and the way to actually uh, <clears throat> tell is uh, like about the fertility of the male is actually through the taint. The taint size shrinks. I got the longest gooch. <laughs> how big? How big do you know? How big? <laughs> Three inches is big, right? Yeah. Yeah. Huge. <laughs> Men start really getting self conscious about their gooch laying. If you have uh, a you measure from the gooch, right? <laughs> I don't remember the actual uh, the scientist behind it, but I saw it on the and Joe I, Rogan I experience. <laughs> uh, well, maybe I won't believe it anymore. No, okay. <laughs> it was on a Forbes article. It's not a Forbes article. <laughs> I should have worn my fucking Joe Rogan podcast sweatshirt. Oh, so you have one? Balls yeah, well, uh, awesome. <laughs> I'll actually bring it out for you real quick. You wear ironically? It, no, he loves no, that. No, he, he no, wears this sweater unironically. He, he loves Do you like Joe, Joe Rogan? Yeah, he watches it all the no, fucking I, time. I don't watch it. But no, I like it. Sure. He watches the fuck out of it. I love Canonically. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> that is it's amazing. Sonic and Shadow, right? Yeah, yeah, Shadow. We've talked about making it. Out. Yeah. yeah, I'm just, you know, giving a picture. The whole Rogan I don't podcast. watch Joe Rogan, but... What? Why? I do. What do you mean, why? Are you telling me you don't religiously love I, the man who interviewed Superman 50, Area 51? What? <laughs> I used to watch Joe Rogan a lot, and sometimes I'll still watch, like, some episodes with guests that I mm -hmm. find interesting, but I haven't yeah. watched in a while. Yeah, I think I, the, the I only... usually skip the comedians and stuff. I like <laughs> if they have like a scientist on or something like that. That's usually when I, I do it. Comedians are good. They're okay. Like, I mean, that's more like entertainment yeah, rather than learning. Yeah. So like, I don't know how deep Joe Rogan, like how how deep he goes. Like how what is the rabbit hole of Joe Rogan is as he a person? A good podcaster. Like, yeah, I would. I mean, have, well, I mean he there's has to no. Be at some yeah, point. you don't he's become like that the successful. Biggest biggest podcast yeah. in the entire fucking world making multi-million dollars. I mostly yeah. just don't like his personality, I think, for the most part. That's fair. I, I've always thought that Joe Rogan was like some sort of weird facade, but like the longer <laughs> he keeps going... What does that mean? The, the longer he keeps... Real. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, you just like... He goes outside and he's just like a regular ass dude, but then like the moment anyone sees him and like makes contact with him, like the quantum flux will put him into, into Roganizing. Roganism. <laughs> He disappears. It was yeah. like a sunspot. You're like, who was that? Sunspots. <laughs> like that was a big he floater. I just blink and he's gone. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I used I watched a couple episodes when I first got uh, into like college and stuff. But the mm -hmm. more my my particular problem was like it's like he he varies on what he is talking about depending on the guests. Where like he will mm -hmm. he will have something on like the left side um, politically, and it'll be like. He'll, he'll challenge the topics. He'll have like a very good discussion with them. But when he has someone who's more right-leaning, it seems like he's just like shooting the shit with them and like agreeing with everything that they're saying. He's not really refuting that much. I don't necessarily I, agree with that. Um, I He's had a lot of guests on where he's just like, all right, 
I don't know what the hell he talked about, but for the most part, he kind of disagrees with who he's talking to. So you mm-hmm. see a lot of people who uh, see a lot of perspectives. Like, yeah, recently, I feel like it's for the sake of furthering yeah. the discussion, like yeah. playing yeah. devil's advocate. But I also, Although, also, when you play devil's mm-hmm. advocate all the time, it's hard to know what your actual like fucking yeah. beliefs are. I will say Joe Rogan does push back on one issue that he cares very passionately about. That's the legalization of marijuana. Anytime any conservative talks about like how weed should stay illegal, yeah, he's, very he's, all, he's like, Jamie, pull up the study. Jamie, 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 this. Like, he's like going off trying to he's come up like, with all the evidence. He's anti vaccine too. I don't know if he's anti vaccine, he's but he's super he's, skeptical. Yeah he, yeah, he had some skepticism and he was like, he was more so like, if you're healthy, you know, you probably don't have to take it, which it's like, I don't agree with that, but it, I, it doesn't necessarily make you an anti-vaxxer to say that, yeah. you know, it's just like he's not explicitly anti-vaxxer. Yeah. I, I don't necessarily completely agree with him, but I do agree with him a lot on a lot of the vaccine stuff. Uh Oh, yeah. <laughs> let's segue into it. What, what I said was uh, he I think it's just like a, what I've seen of him. Mm-hmm. He, may, he may not always do that, but yeah, I, part, I haven't seen just, all of Joe Rogan to know what Joe Rogan is about. Yeah, I've seen so every episode. The amount of episodes like, yeah. is crazy. I yeah. like 2000, 3000 or something. Is it? I'm Jesus like, yeah. Christ, dude, I could die. Yeah. I, I got <laughs> into like Joe Rogan uh, when I was working at Bob Evans as a uh, yeah. dish tanker. I just put headphones in. I just rocked <laughs> I did the same Around thing, what yeah. episode did you did you start to tune in? Like oh, how Lord. how long have you, you been? Do you remember the oh, first episode? I remember. It was somewhere in the 900s for me. Yeah. How long have you been a Roganite? It's something. It's it doesn't, a Roganite. It doesn't mean that I watched all thousand episodes <laughs> yeah. from 900, but it's just I like. Skip. Yeah. I skip. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Like commutes and walking and yeah. stuff like that. Uh, probably going to be watching it less now that I actually work. But um. The main thing with the vaccines to kind of give back into it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because wasn't the point Ooh, of this kind done. of debate a little bit? I mean, we could do a little bit. Of <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, I guess welcome, welcome to the Podcast. <laughs> I guess we should do the intro. I'm Zane. I'm Anthony. I'm Alex, and we have a guest with us today, Cole. I'm Cole. <laughs> yeah, he's a good friend of ours. <laughs> Did I do? Did I do it well? <laughs> Did I do it okay? Yeah, you're good. Say that. Say the fucking um, line again. <laughs> so we have a we have a little bit of special special lined episode. Up. Um, Anthony and Cole are going to be doing a friendly debate. It's a, a little bit of discourse. This is to expand upon the topics. Uh, full disclaimer that we are not uh, experts. Yeah, Expert. We are not experts in this in this discussion at all. We just want to have a friendly discourse so that mm-hmm. way we can expand our own fields. And <clears throat> the best way to, <laughs> the best way to do that is to have someone who doesn't have your fucking opinion. Yeah, you know, because yeah. we talk a lot about politics on the podcast in general, but it seems and like it's mostly agree. like. Alex, the anarchist versus like <laughs> Anthony and I. Anthony and I, I think, have a little bit of differences in terms yeah. of like our own sectors. But am I really um, anarchist? No, no, you're, it's just, like, you just don't give it. You're more just. Um, if anything, you're a nihilist. <laughs> like you don't care about like institutions and like things about like that. You know? Because they fuck them up horribly. Well, yeah, but that doesn't implemented. that doesn't change the fact that you believe it. <laughs> well, because they happen. <laughs> So uh, just to preface, like, would you guys want to talk about like what you feel you identify with politically? Yeah. If you uh, have like a term. Or- I could kind of start. I'm mostly issue to issue for like 90% yeah. of things. Uh, I believe in a lot of things from the left and a lot of from the right. But I would say I mostly lean right libertarian. Mm. <laughs> mm. Um, yeah, so the right point of view is what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm, um, if I had to give myself a label, it'd probably be like social democrat, which is like, the um the governments of like Norway, Sweden, Finland, those sorts of things, where it's just like, you know, I believe in like broad social security nets that like can uh, support citizens and shit like that. And I'm very progressive, like socially, 
and to an extent economically there I, I disagree with a lot of stuff like um some like certain raises to the minimum wage or like um some other like niche economic politics or uh, topics but that's like you know that's later very nuanced yeah, it's, yeah. and i'm the uh ignorant centrist <laughs> <laughs> the, the apolitical our goal is to con convince alex of our yeah. side Whatever <laughs> yeah. alex it, you guys have the discussion and i'll decide which side has my who vote. won yeah um so just to start off the i'm gonna, I'm gonna ask the question for you guys i'm not going to be participating in mostly just the person who asked the questions at this point, because I don't want to dogpile on anybody. Yeah, I'll try um, my best to keep us on track here, but this really isn't, this ain't my fight. So <laughs> the first question here is, is the don't gay, the don't gay say, the don't say gay bill slash anti-groomer bill and other similar le legislation a positive change? First of all, oh, you, some, you updated my, my question. You like, you made it good. Well, I, I have that was my, I wrote that. <laughs> Wait, no way. Well, I, I asked you like what the semantics of the question were, just to be as specific well, as possible. Well, I wrote I wrote like a sentence that was like, "Don't say gay bill" or something like that. To <laughs> an actual like, you like uh, college essayed it. Can I have I like a preliminary it. question of what is the "Don't say gay bill" and what is yeah. the uh, anti-groomer thing? Sure, that, I, 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 I know. I can explain. You, you're probably more well read than anything about so the anti-groomer so Ron DeSantis of Florida, mm. which is a okay. pretty conservative place. Um, he put forth a bill. I think it was called like the parental rights and regulations or something like that. Like mm -hmm. that's the actual name of the bill. Okay. Yeah. But like people on the left, uh, like described it as the don't say gay bill. And then people on the right, uh, countered that by saying it's the anti groomer bill. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it's just oh, like, okay. it's just so like it's an advertiser. Just yeah. Having yeah, exactly. Okay. And so basically what it does is it outlines like, um, uh, how's it, it, I'm it, curious on how it's the anti-groomer. Well, just let me, let yeah, me say, go for it. So like it, um, what's it called? It basically, it sets guidelines for what teachers can talk about in the classroom with mm -hmm. regards to like sexual identity and gender identity with like, um, certain age groups. So like mm -hmm. it states that, um, from ages from kindergarten to third grade, you can't talk about, um, sexuality or gender identity at all. Like they want to ax it completely. Mm -hmm. And then from grades three and beyond, it has to be age appropriate or developmentally appropriate yeah. or something like oh, that. So they're just trying to, uh, I can, I can see being put in a way of just mm -hmm. like trying to formulate mm -hmm. like uh, it, it, the, the foundation years and then letting them go forward and then like having a healthy, you know, upbringing of, yeah. uh, Gender knowledge. Let's just and continue. Sexuality knowledge. Okay. Um, yeah. Go. Go for it. And so basically, it. Um, oh, and then there's a, another provision that basically states like um, schools can't withhold um, information about like a student having a a certain like mental health or identity crisis. So like if a student feels like they're gay and they confide in their teacher, that teacher has to bring the information to the parent. Um, or else they will be reprimanded. It does state in the bill that if that there is some discretion involved when like if it's if it's possible, if the school staff think it's possible that it'll lead to abuse, you know, then then the information can be withheld. But that's a very subjective line and it's very mm -hmm. hard to determine um, whether or not a kid would be abused. But so basically, that's like the facts of the bill. Okay. Um, I think we can agree with that, unless you have something yeah. else to add. Uh, pretty much. Uh, I, I'll just start with uh, where I agree and disagree with the bill, because I don't agree with all of it. Mm -hmm. Particularly after third grade, what does age appropriate mean? 
I, I don't know. That's yeah. that's an, it's very loose language for that particular reason. Yeah, but I think there's gonna be some court case later. I, on. I, honestly, I think <laughs> um, kindergarten through third grade having the like absence of talking about sexuality or gender identity entirely, mm-hmm. I think is very stupid. And it kind of like because like think about it like this, mm-hmm. right? Um, did did you have like um uh what's it called? Do you remember? Do you remember first grade? Yeah. Yeah. So like in my first grade class, like we had a teacher, Miss Bell, shout out Miss mm-hmm. Bell. And she would talk about like, you know, like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm going on a date or something or like mm-hmm. my husband proposed to me or like these sorts of things, you know, like developments in their life that can mm-hmm. like lead to discussion or like things like that. And, you know, if if you think that's OK, like, okay. why is it not okay for like a gay teacher to do the same thing or a trans or whatever uh, teacher to do the same thing in, the, in those respects? I and think I, the root, uh, where are you going to finish? Um, I, I was just going to say like, uh, no. Continue. What, what okay. a threatening statement. Are you going to finish? Uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, that's not what I meant. No, <laughs> I think I cut you no, off. I'm just, I'm just making sure. Because like uh, he paused a little bit. Yeah, I went yeah, to yeah. go talk and I was okay. Um, so... I think the root of it is almost like a free speech issue, but the point about free speech and I'm really pro free, free, free speech. Right. But um, the point of free speech is that you have the option to say whatever you want. You can also not listen to whoever you don't want to. Now with teachers, you are obligated to be there. I mean, like you could probably change teachers. You could probably change schools, but not everyone has those, uh, not everyone can do that. Some people live in small rural towns where there's like one first grade teacher that's ever uh, like that teaches everyone. Yeah. Yeah. And perhaps she's like, uh, I don't know, some ultra conservative that uh, says, I don't know, uh, gay like an ultra conservative can say, hey, I don't want this person to uh, be gay. So I'm going to say like, I, I'm not going to name drop them, but you guys know what teacher I'm talking about. The uh, ultra conservative. Uh, oh, yeah. Teacher. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You guys you it together, right? The Cisco class. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know. All right. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to name drop them, but they told Ace. Do you remember Ace? Yep. Uh, yeah. That oh, yeah. You are just a confused homosexual. Yeah. Ace was a, a trans. Female Man? to male. Yeah. Female to male. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you are just a confused homosexual and homosexuality is wrong. Yeah. Now, the, I think the bill does right to protect both people. I mean, obviously that was like high school, so mm-hmm. I mean that'd be a little different. Like, it's with a little my, bit out of the scope. I, I mean, little, but if we have that, you could easily have that at the third grade level, second grade level. Surface. I don't think they should be talking about. It. I think they should be teaching math, science, whatever. Yeah. So, do you think that it's important? So, okay. How about this? If I were to teach a class and mm-hmm. say I'm gay and I have a husband and I have a picture of me and my husband on our desk. Okay. Right. Do you think that's okay? Oh, I don't, is that, that's probably dis, disallowed at the, is that even disallowed at the, um, with this law? I don't think well, so. Well, it could be right. Oh, because yeah. if, if that picture sparks mm-hmm. a discussion and then that discussion leads to some greater okay. talk or whatever, then that could obviously be punishable yeah. if it happens from kindergarten to third grade. And obviously like you're, Kindergarten to, th- to third grade is four years old to nine years yeah. old. You know, eight, nine, like that age, you're definitely able to understand the concept mm-hmm. of homosexuality or 
maybe transgenderism to a level, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm not, I'm not saying like we have to go into detail about how to have gay sex and like mm. all this other shit, but it's like just to make sure that it's known and that like people know that like, oh, hey, Timmy has two moms and that's okay. You know, it, it's just, yeah. it's another way of life, you know? Uh, so I, I think it's just like this bill adds like a, um, I think it'll create a chilling effect mm-hmm. for teachers who actually do want to talk about those things with their students or students that do want to confide in their teachers about those things. I, I don't think they should be talking about it pretty much at all. The problem is I think 99% of teachers are going to be fine with it. Like they're going to be like, Oh, uh, well, if like there's a gay teacher, for example, it'd be mm-hmm. like, Oh, I have a husband instead of a, instead of a wife and that's okay. And then they're going to move on and go to math. Right. 90% of teachers are going to be like that. But the problem is those 1% of pe- uh, teachers that are like, all right, well, uh, gay, uh, being gay is okay or being gay is not okay. And then mm-hmm. they're going to push their, uh, their opinions on, uh, their students essentially. So if we can't target and most people don't like, uh, targeting ads to children, right? Sure. Why can we target uh, why can't we target uh, opinions? Like they can't actually formulate the difference between opinions and facts at that age. We we have actual like evidence to support okay. this, right? So how would you know that that's not just correct, right? If you have a super left or super right wing teacher that is telling these students these particular uh, values, whatever yeah. their values may so, be. So I think that like there... I think that there's recourse for that mm. without this bill. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because like, I think the, the bill, the cre- or the addition of this bill, um, adds like, uh, it, it, it casts the net wider than mm-hmm. like what it originally was. Like, because the original net would have captured those teachers, I think, who are like spouting off like yeah. a bunch of irrelevant shit to the curriculum about their life or about this or that. You know, you can bring that to the principal and talk about like how, you know, this is a bad learning environment or something like that. And I, I think that's entirely possible without this bill. Um, however, I think the bill creates like a... Uh, uh, a broader generalization of it that allows people to just kind of like abuse that fact mm-hmm. because like, you know, it, if we're talking really honestly, like this is a very, this is a conservative um, government with a conservative population mm-hmm. that's enacting these laws. They are specifically aiming, aiming those at like queer teachers or like gay yeah. teachers and things like that. I, you know, I, I don't, for part of me feels, and this is, this is big feelings moment, yeah. but I feel like if, <laughs> if a teacher were to reference God or something like this mm-hmm. population wouldn't care, you know, they, yeah. they wouldn't, they wouldn't uh, approach or they, they wouldn't um, seek out, um, you know, a punishment for that teacher if they were talking about God in some context. Well, my main thing is if I had children and I, if, and when I have children, right, I would want them to be learning science, math, yeah. history, all that stuff. That's all I want them to be learning at that age. Maybe once they can learn the difference between fact and opinion, above those ages, which again, uh, I don't know what age appropriate means. Mm-hmm. I have no, it's probably some super biased, like conservative, yeah. uh, bill, but whatever. Um, I don't want them learning anything besides those major, major subjects. So, My one friend, uh, I actually talked to him and he's brought up kind of the point that you're bringing up in that, uh, it is a conservative law. Right. And if a person has a, uh, I don't know, a portrait of maybe their wife on there and they're straight, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to be not punished, but yeah. maybe if they have their husband and they're gay, then they might be punished. You mm-hmm. know, um, it's going to be probably uh, more bias. And yeah. I, I think I agree with that. But if the law is enforced as written, I think it's good. But 
it never it before. never does you it, know what i mean uh, like yeah. that's that's the thing about laws is that like yeah. the way that they're written it allows mm. for interpretation and application sorry alex no i've just been super curious about the study because yeah. i i've heard nothing about uh the study of like uh children the fact and opinion stuff so what, can you just give me like some of the really rough details i give you that. really rough details it's been a while Quite but basically uh kids can't determine the difference between fact and opinion until a certain age. I don't know what it, that age is. I just know that they can't. Okay. I, it, that's what's so, protected beside or behind like the age appropriate. Yeah. But at that yeah. point, it's like, we don't know. And that's okay, why that's it's fair. illegal now for Google to target ads at children. Okay. That's because fair. they can't tell that they're being sold to. They need to, the uh, mental fortitude to be able to say, I am being targeted with this I'm being ad. scammed. <laughs> or uh, this person is trying to sell me something. What they're saying isn't necessarily true. And that's not... That's why we reinforce them yeah. not to go into vans with strangers. Yeah. Okay. And that's why, if you remember, uh, in like second, first grade, you had like uh, wants and needs. Okay, yeah. Like, uh, well, thank Can you I for clarifying. A, a yeah. question. Um, so do you... You don't think that from kindergarten to third grade mm -hmm. that children should receive any like sex ed, essentially? Uh, I mean, it, it's... This is such a complicated issue because I think 99% of children don't need it. At that age, but that yeah, one percent at nine years old. At nine, nine years old, no. You did you have the talk before nine? No, but I was watching porn. Were you? Yeah, yeah. Don't even ask me. Were you? <laughs> I, I wasn't given the. I, I was given the talk. I felt shockingly it's, early because my older brother showed me porn when I was like five. Yeah. So it's like that's fucked up. <laughs> yeah, like, but like, because the thing is, is that a lot of um. Because also, I, I think we're forgetting that sex ed mm -hmm. doesn't just mean sex, like yeah, in terms yeah, of yeah. fucking or masturbating or watching porn or any of that. Yeah. It also has to deal with like health, like proper yeah, like hygiene safety. and like knowing like about drugs and the effect of those drugs mm -hmm. and why you shouldn't take random fucking pills that you find on the street and shit like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that information is very important for kids. And even an extent of mm -hmm. certain sexual info can be as well, you know, like the just acknowledging the existence of gay or trans people you know versus like you know acknowledging their existence doesn't mean like you gotta be trans or like everyone's trans nowadays or like some shit like that like trying to push it on people did you go to safety town as a kid uh no I didn't. well okay well Fuck. that was a thing i went to was <laughs> called safety town it was like a three or four day course right mm -hmm. where they said oh uh don't get in the car with strangers oh don't take these pills unless of them, your mom gives them to mm -hmm. you oh don't do this do that i think that is um i i i thought it was like from the state i guess it wasn't i don't know yeah, I've, I've, i i never did it so it's just like a safety boot camp for yeah, kids kind of okay um, i think something like that would be better um, mm -hmm. I don't, we never talked about sex or anything like that mm -hmm. in there. It was just like pills. Uh, don't, don't get in the car with strangers. Yeah. Uh, the, they showed us how to use the traffic lights, things like that. Like be very careful. In Did a, you're, oh, sorry. But uh, in a similar vein, we were, uh, when we were working for the school, we also had something, uh, called Alice training, which is mm -hmm. just like a oh, yeah. general basic, like safety training thing. It wasn't like its own, like designated course, but mm -hmm. it was kind of like a, like a supplemental thing that you have to take in order to do the other thing. I think that was like a corporate thing. Like it, it's, yeah. it's like some corporate regulation. Yeah, that that's fair. But that, it, yeah. it kind of like fits in the same vein. Yeah. I'm just trying to build mm -hmm. some parallels. The, um, so wait, when did your, did your mom give you the talk? Uh, your, my mom gave me the talk. Yes. Okay. How uh, old were you? Like six, but I saw okay, porn yeah. at five. So yeah. it was way young. Yeah. Like I should have like realistically like 12. Was the talk mm. effective? Um, uh, she told me how like 
she told me like, oh, penis goes in the vagina. And I was like, all right, cool. So, <laughs> let me ask you something like this. If So if you have a kid, right? And he asks you, um, mom or daddy, why is mommy... Why has mommy got a big bump in her belly? Like, what are you, what are you going to say to him? You're going to make, are you going to spin a story about a stork delivering a baby? Or like, are you, are you, or would you actually explain like the biological process that could go into this? How old are they? Um, let's say, let's say six years old. Six years old. Um, so the main thing that my mom told me before the talk was that, uh, when a man and a woman love each other very much, God eventually gives them a baby. That's what they said. To me. And I was like, all right. I, I got really confused. I like four or five. Yeah. I was like, so you couldn't tell. Facts does God, opinion, like, do you have a choice? <laughs> yeah, I could not. Um, so I was like, does God just like give you one or do you, can you choose? Like, how do you, <laughs> like, does he just like, <laughs> you're putting all the sliders up. It's like, oh, I'm, like, like, do you have a choice? Is this like, are you having a baby against your will? Like, <laughs> Blink twice <laughs> if you're having Blink one. Blink twice, mom. <laughs> oh, God. I, I know Jeffrey wasn't your choice. <laughs> uh, Jeffrey's my younger brother. All right. Um, Shout out, Jeffrey. Shout out, Jeffrey. All right. So I think it's it's really, it's so, I don't have children, right? So it's yeah, so nuanced. I would say I'd probably do this, like, until they are given the talk. I don't think I would tell them how exactly it works. And the reason is because I don't want, when, when I saw porn way too young, right? I attempted to not attempted to like re uh reenact it but i would like all the girls in my class i like i literally told a girl in my class you you know you don't have a penis right and i was like like, that's just something i thought like just because i i thought all girls had penises when i was like five four you know (laughs) there's a point where you're way too young to really grasp fully these things but then again uh, it's better for their development to yeah. like tell them all as many facts as you can. Yeah, exactly. And not, baby them. And so not like not make these stories, you know yeah. what I mean? Because I don't know, that's something if I were to have know. a kid, like obviously I'm not going to tell them, yeah, I fucked the shit out of your mom and I cream pot her pussy and we're having a fucking kid, bitch. Like Unless I'm not going to tell her that duty. shit. <laughs> Unless it's called duty. <laughs> but like, you know, I would say something like, you know, uh, you know, me and your mom love each other very much and yeah. we tried a very long time to do this and we created a new life, you know, like that or something like that. Very, very basic preliminary knowledge. It doesn't need to go into the detail. You can add more detail as you go. Like it's a lot like, like mathematics, Mm -hmm. like the way that you build upon mathematics and you uh, gain an understanding of like the whole Mm. um, body of math in general. You know, you start out adding two plus two, you know, you start looking at like um, very basic graphs and they, and they use things that quite, that aren't quite right, but Mm. they, they allow you to understand the concept to build that base to understand further concepts, you know? And I think Mm. that's very important, especially in a culture where like the majority of parents do not talk to their kids about sex Mm. at all. You know what I mean? They're not getting any of that information from their parents. So it's like, I never got the talk. I I never did either. The the, the talk that I got was being introduced to porn by a sixth grader when I was a fifth grader (laughs) or not a fifth grader, but I was younger. I I got Um, the talk from my father at You said you were like nine, right? Yeah. So I think I would have been fourth grade, fourth grade. And he was fifth grade. Like third or fifth. Yeah. And, um, and so, yeah, I think it's just like there, I think there are ways Mm -hmm. for the school to step in and fill that that gap, you know, just to allow for kids to have like a more um, well-rounded, holistic mm. view of like sexual health and like all those things. Yeah. Well, that's also assuming that the teacher is the perfect person to tell them. Uh, that's not assuming that. that. It's, it's, it's saying that 
if if a parent fills mm. fails their job, okay. right? Because I think that is a job of a parent is to yeah. educate their child about these things. Mm-hmm. If a parent fails that job, you know, I think it is the teacher's responsibility to kind of fill in and like pad that role as much as possible, it, right? Yeah. It's not to say that they're the best, but it's just like they are another avenue to doing that. Because like I, I don't know what what the what the alternative is if it's mm-hmm. not parents and it's not teachers. Who's going to teach them about these things? I'd also like to add that it's the teacher's responsibility to educate without a bias. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're just so they're well, supposed. That's to be, impossible, obviously. But it, it's they have to work within the best interest of the kids that they're teaching. And so you have to not introduce bias in the way that you approach things. And it's obviously very hard to do, but you can still minimize it the fuck out of it. So, yeah, I, I think this, like the third grade before is the part that I'm like, this kind of minimizes it because you can't have either. Okay. If you just don't talk about it for that, something that they have to be at, so, like some people can change schools. Like I said, some people can change teachers. I, I was fortunate enough to be able to change teachers, but sometimes you cannot. Mm-hmm. It's very, it's very uh, like small towns and everything. You can, sometimes it's just like, oh, you just, you just get, uh, I don't know, uh, Trump MAGA hat, Jerry, yeah. <laughs> right? And he's teaching your second graders that uh, being gay is bad, you know, like. You can have and how the wisdom like, of God will lead them to the yes. right path. Or homosexuality is wrong, and uh, yeah. And if you don't go to church, you're you homosexual. Help. Like that's that's literally what a teacher told Ace. So, do you think that we should teach kindergartners that the world is round? Yes. Do you think that parents who are flat earthers should be allowed to sue the school for teaching that their kids that oh. the globe is round? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> I mean, um, these are like... I'm, I'm just curious because yeah. it's like now if we think about kindergartners okay. and um, and with sexuality and someone says gay people exist and that's okay. the extent of what they say. They don't say anything about yeah. like, you know, this is the gay lifestyle. This is how to have gay sex. They're not yeah. saying any of that. It's just that gay people exist flat out, yeah. right? Now, should do you think the school should be able to sue the parent or the teacher or the school um, for saying that? Uh, it's super tough because I think just saying gay people exist is fine. Right. Mm -hmm. And in a perfect world, like, let's say we, uh, say we can have, we can draw these lines, right? We can say that a gay person, that, um, a teacher can say gay person exists, straight people exist, move on with life. Let's go to math. But that's just not the real world. Right. There Mm -hmm. are these 1%. We can only move as slow as, or as fast as our slowest person right sometimes we have trump maga hat people who are like all right gay people's wrong uh, gay is wrong or sometimes we'll mm-hmm. have a uh, blue-haired intersect demi-human who's be like all right uh well this is gay sex i use a i have a butt plug in right now like <laughs> shit like that i don't you, i don't think is you, that really happening though it kind of well it's, uh, it's so the vocal minority that often it blows is things out of proportion There's, and i, I feel, like, I feel the, like going forward we should do we want to focus more on this this one percent idea? Because there's always going to be that one percent. Mm-hmm. It's always going to throw off the majority. Well, yeah. You know? Well, I think we write legislation to mm-hmm. protect from that one percent because obviously, like the majority of people aren't murderers, but mm-hmm. we need laws against murder because right. it's like you know they are the this outlier that presents a yep. very large damage to the community or whatever. Mm-hmm. However, I think that the current don't say gay bill, the one that was like written up in Florida, mm-hmm. like I said earlier, it expands that net to catch more than that 1%. Because mm-hmm. if you were telling your students that you had a fucking butt plug in or yeah. like how to have gay sex, no, 
any legislation that exists right mm -hmm. now, like before the don't say gay bill or whatever, mm -hmm. like that teacher will be fired. That well, teacher will be fucking axed. The way uh, that it would, and more realistically, the way it would happen is, oh, you're feeling all these feelings. Maybe you're gay. Stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's more realistic. So this is another question I wanted to ask. And, and I think you're probably right about that. Mm -hmm. um, do you think that if that a student should be allowed to confide in a teacher about something going on in their life and that teacher not sharing it with the parent. I would like to say okay? my mom is a is a member of an elementary school's mm -hmm. uh she's a, a new aide essentially and she's run into multiple encounters where students come up to her confiding in her of their own sexuality and she literally has to wait how, like, how old are the kids do you know uh fuck i don't i think she's in charge of fourth graders okay. not 100 percent okay. sure though don't quote so me on nine, that ten. yeah but uh they confide in her with the with their like questions of their sexuality and she literally has to keep it like 10 foot pole just like you need to ask your parents yeah that's about this thing yeah. because it's like it, it, she it, she doesn't obviously want to be held responsible for any you know repercussions that could come yeah. about of a conversation. So it's like you how, how do you how do you circumnavigate that mm -hmm. problem where that you allow children to have the freedom to ask while also not punishing good ideas? You know, uh, yeah. of like a yeah, it's, I, I don't know. I'm about that. See if you can answer that question that I asked you. Though, uh, can you restate yes. the question? If um, if you oh, confide in a teacher, yeah, right? would you should do the teachers have to share that information with parents, I or think, else they'd be fired? I think they should only have. I think they should uh, be forced to confide with the parents or go to a higher level. If uh, I think they should have to um, be forced to confide with the parents in everything besides abuse scenarios. So if they're like. I'm a, uh, Hey, I'm feeling these feelings. I really like boys instead of girls. You know, uh, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to go to my, uh, dad. He said homosexuality is wrong or being gay is wrong. And he said, I'm evil or whatever like that. I don't want to tell him. I, I feel these feelings in that case. Yeah. What if fuck whoever. <laughs> so what if there is no, um, like, there's no proof that abuse might occur. Like you don't know anything about the parents, like religious circumstances mm -hmm. or whatever, or their ideological circumstances, but the student is still afraid of that happening. Right. So like mm -hmm. they, they still show fear of that happening, but they've never been abused in the past. They've never been like told explicitly, like this thing is wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, like the, the, the teacher has to confide. Those I feelings. think telling the parents is probably the best idea. I don't think that someone who is, Again, like again, it could be the only opportunity that they have, like yeah, uh, to share anything with them, and it could or be to get like a, an adult role model to like help them, yeah, process so those feelings. I think they should. It's super tough because we're talking about these like really, yeah, it's parental yeah, specific. Well, yeah, but that's like what the yeah. line is, you know. School it's like it's therapy. finding the line of mm -hmm. like parental rights and like how far they extend in the uh in the environment of school, you know. I think for the most part, unless if there's some like uh a potential abuse they should tell the parents isn't the whole point of having like a school counselor is yeah. that you can go to that person yeah, to confide true. and like what, what is the purpose of that role then true. in this but do you even but have the, counselors at an elementary, an elementary? Yeah, yeah i believe you do yeah um but uh just as uh an interjection i'm gonna give a five minute warning because we've been talking about this for 30 minutes okay <laughs> um so either wrapping up statements or yeah mm -hmm. okay yeah I'll just wrap up then I'll, I'm just gonna say like you know I think the bill there's like some okay parts of it you yeah know? like um because obviously parents deserve some knowledge about their kids mm -hmm. and like 
certain mental health things that are going on, like if they're having suicidal or depressive thoughts. Mm -hmm. um, but I think casting this in like very uh, hard legislation that mm -hmm. like spe that specifies like LGBTQ and transgender, like that shit, I think it's really weird that it specifies that and it mm -hmm. kind of casts this wide net that really shouldn't be cast in terms of like what can be discussed in a school. You know? So that, are, that's you, my are you in favor of more ambiguity or more specification of the law for this law i it would like there exists ambiguity in the law which is the problem okay. right because it, it's allowing all this discussion to happen right mm -hmm. because if they were to be more specific you know we might not even be having this conversation because it's like oh it's plainly written right here yep. this happens and this happens but obviously legislation and like that is hard to draft mm -hmm. because you have to consider like all the possibilities what, what does age appropriate mean yeah. at all uh and who determines that and everything but before third grade i think it's fine uh I think they shouldn't be able to talk about it because again, we can only move as slow as our, as fast as our slowest mover. Right. Um, there, there are people like, uh, like, I don't know if you've ever seen the TikTok libs of TikTok. Where, yeah. Or the Twitter it's libs yeah. of TikTok where like there's blue, there's blue hair teachers that literally say on camera, I will indoctrinate your kids. And I was like, Oh, like imagine if that's mm -hmm. your only option for a teacher. I, it's like, I get Oh that. God. But honestly, and like, this might mm -hmm. be like, this is another big feelings post, but I feel yeah. like a lot of those things are done as bait for conservatives. Yeah. Like the, the oh, idea yeah. that like a teacher is going to go on TikTok and unironically say, like, I'm going to indoctrinate your mm. kids. Like this is some cartoonish level oh, of yeah. villainy. You know what I mean? Like the problem is, I think like whether or not that's uh, like too much, like that, they're just going above and beyond with that. Um, whether or not I think it does exist and yeah, the opposite it, well, yeah, exists there's, too. There's, yeah, no, for sure. That's and I'm, I'm not denying up. that it exists, but mm -hmm. I don't think it's like to the same level as like the lids of TikTok is like oh, yeah. presenting it as, well, you know? One last again, closing retort, please. That's Again, that's just 1%, right? Yeah. We're, I would even say less than 1%, yeah. but I- Most of them, like most likely our kids, if we have, if you have kids and if I have kids, they're not going to have to deal with us. Final the statement. society will collapse by then. Overall, do you guys think this bill hits closer to the mark or away from the mark of uh, the actual issue? Yeah, of the, uh, I, of the actual oh, issue. God. I think the protections that like we were talking about, like in terms of stopping teachers from talking about age inappropriate things, I think that already exists. And the recourse to like mm -hmm. pursue repercussions for the teacher already existed too. It's just that this bill um, specifies certain topics that should be talked about, which I think is kind of dangerous in terms of like, you know, it's a risk prote protecting, <laughs> protecting gay teachers from being able to teach mm -hmm. and like have their life. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. But that's just what I think. Which is actually a nice transition into the next uh, debate topic, which is, should we pass legislation targeting the issues affecting certain minority groups? So the way I have this formulated in my mind, the when I uh, made the question, right, um, was there is a particular law in California that gave a certain amount of money to black farmers. Okay. And I think that's wrong. That is like the main reason I think, I think laws such as that, if there's a similar one that's like, okay, these particular, this particular minority is getting this, like kind of reparations, whatever, mm -hmm. is getting this. I think that's wrong for the okay. most part. Like if we in this lifetime have 
ruin someone's life, like some particular group of um, like group or minority. And like, let's say we put a bunch of, uh, I don't know, Asians into a camp, right? Mm-hmm. I think reparation, <laughs> well, like right now, like I'm talking like tomorrow, like they put a bunch of Asians in the camp, but for real, <laughs> like right now, like tomorrow, okay? I think, and then we let them out. I think reparations are probably valid then. Okay. But reparations and things like that happening generations before us, it's just like, mm-hmm. It's like, kind of like riding by on like your, your grandfather's will kind of thing. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> that's, that's just from what I'm understanding. So the Particularly way... Particularly the law. Yeah. The, the way that I um, kind of see this is that like historically, <laughs> um, there was obvious oppression uh, for black people, right? Like okay. it was written in the laws with Jim Crow, slavery, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Right. Um, and, it, and for people who have, uh, for that oppression that happened for those many, many years, I think that there are systemic issues that persist um, because of the, the choice, the legislative choices that we made in the past, you know? So like uh, an example of this could be redlining where like, if we, um, you know, you know what redlining is Yeah. Uh, just for the people who don't Me. it's basically <laughs> <laughs> like, um, uh, I forget what this, when this was, it was either like in the sixties or the seventies or something. And the um, basically communities were like sectioned off into like red, yellow and green districts saying like red, never invest here, never give home loans or anything like this Always for those people. people. <laughs> yellow people is like, you know, it's like risky. <laughs> Wait, wrong. Yellow Alex, people. Gave, Alex gave Anthony a look. <laughs> and then for the green people, it's like, yes, in, invest in this community, give them home loans, those sorts of things. Okay. And so you would see clearly that like a lot of the uh, divisions in communities fell along racial lines. So very much majority black communities um, had, uh, were completely redlined. And so mm-hmm. they lost the ability to, uh, for like a lot of investment in their area, which is w- why I think a lot of that poverty in those areas persists today. Okay. Um, or, and that's, that's just actually one aspect of it because I think it's multifaceted in the ways that we've kind of destroyed, honestly, a lot of the, um, avenues for like, uh, black people to do, uh, for black people to succeed in a lot of ways. Okay. But, uh, do we have anything that is in legislation today? In legislation today? So um, do we have any examples of uh, something that may not be in regu- uh, legislation, but uh, has some kind of societal issue yeah. so, specifically today? So this is the the difference between like institutional and systemic racism, okay. right? Like institutional is like Jim Crow, yeah. like or slavery, where it's like written into the laws of... Um, like very explicitly. Um, and obviously that existed in America and I, but I don't think it exists very much today. There are some small, um, hints of it. Like for example, um, North Carolina or South Carolina, they had, um, the, the GOP in like this district, what they did was they asked for, uh, voter data based on demographics. So Mm -hmm. like racial demographics specifically. So it's like, they would look at like, uh, white people, black people, Asian people, Mexican, whatever the fuck. And they would look at like how they would vote, when they would vote, the types of IDs that they would use, where they would vote, you know, like those sorts of things. And so they found that like by this um, analysis of the demographics, they found that black people uh, voted with 
certain types of IDs. They voted on average like four weeks earlier. Like they would do mm-hmm. like four weeks before the polls open or whatever. And there were like other things like that. And the, oh yeah. And obviously they knew where that they, where they voted. And so the GOP or voting commission or whatever, uh, they closed down like polling ish, polling places in those specific areas. They they shortened the window for early voting. They outlawed the types of IDs that black people would use, you know, and this is pretty fucking racist. That's pretty bad. You know what I mean? And like, this is, and it's, it never, ever, ever in the legislation doesn't mention black people, right? It's literally just, they separately, they did an analysis of race, racial demographics. And then in the legislation, they specified the downstream, you know, uh, like variables that like point towards black voters. You know what I mean? If if that makes sense. So like, I think that institutional racism by and large doesn't necessarily exist, but there are still some cases of it kind of uh, persisting. But systemic racism doesn't require any individual actor within the system or legislation to be racist, right? It it persists specifically because of like historical oppression that uh, that has happened in the past. Um, and you know, that has to deal with redlining, the construction of highways, you know, like the certain zoning laws and like material usage, like those things. Could you have to tie this back into current legislation? Uh, well, I did I, okay, okay, the, yeah. the one, the voting law in well, North Carolina I mean, yeah, that actually well, that, got struck down by the Supreme court of North Carolina. They, they said that it was, it targeted African-Americans with surgical precision, which yeah. <laughs> that, fucking that makes sense. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Um, with that, I, I don't know anything about the law, but mm-hmm. I, I'll take your word for it. I think something like that's rough. Like yeah. that's, that's terrible. Um, I think we have to keep in mind with us uh, systemic racism is that my like grandparents saw Jim Crow laws. It was pretty, pretty, pretty recent. fucking recent. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty recent. Right. So the progress on these things are going to be really slow. Yeah, right? of course. For so sure. systemic issues are like the hardest to solve. Like, oh, I'm yeah. not I'm not doubting that at all. It'll be like, yeah. but I don't think the solution is to target those groups again. For example, uh, in the opposite direction, like, for example, giving in California, giving black farmers a certain amount of money instead of white farmers for mm-hmm. COVID, which doesn't. Like, yeah, I don't think black I, I, people I could, are targeted. Yeah, I, I mean, the, um, it depends. Uh, so like, cause I don't know anything specifically mm-hmm. about that law. Yeah. And, and I think sometimes, um, Jamie, pull up the bill. <laughs> <laughs> I think specifically sometimes like we focus solely on race and I don't think that's really good. Like it should yeah. be an intersectional approach where we look at race, uh, paired with like, um, like economic standing and like things like that or whatever um, for the, and target the people who actually need it, you know? Um, But like in terms of, um, of that bill, if I were to give it the most steel man position that I can based off knowing nothing about it, right. Black people on average um, have like, they have lower incomes. They have lower levels of household wealth. Mm -hmm. They have, you know, a lot of like they're on average, they're much more affected by poverty, which is why like a lot of legislation that attacks certain voting rights, like that's why people say you're actually just going against black people Mm. because like the legislation will target poor people specifically, but because it's in like an area that's majority black and those people tend to be poor, then like it, it leads to 
racist outcomes, you know, even if we may not want that. So I think there needs to be legislation to kind of pad and um, what's the word like. Mm, like to go against or, or like to counter that thing. But I will say in COVID, I think it's kind of silly. Like people should just be given money so they can live. Yeah. You know? If you're going to, if you're going to pass legislation to give money, you don't yeah. target. Spe specifically in COVID, yeah. I, in that context, I definitely agree. I get you. Something uh, particular that I'm reading about this, uh, the mm -hmm. bill actually is, it says Which that, bill? Uh, the bill that Cole oh, okay. was talking yeah. about. Um, it says specifically that the USDA has admitted it systemically denied blacks. Uh, it says blacks. Which <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> has denied blacks and other people of color access to the same loan and grant programs that have helped generations of white people. Mm. So it seems like they're using this bill as a, a way to give them the same aid that they've given other people, yeah. which I think is an important uh, thing to note here. I'm really sorry, but I have to pee really bad. We can take, <laughs> we can take an intermission. It's going to be a long. Yeah, I need to powder my nose. Um, so we just learned that the article that I got from Agri-News <laughs> is actually in, uh, what was it, North, yeah, North Carolina. So it doesn't exactly oh, okay. apply, but. Well, no, it's like the it's, same idea. It's, it's like the same, same the same kind of bill. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, the, the, the idea that it was made to, um, it was made to like kind of subsidize what they missed out on a previous yeah. mm -hmm. legislation, which I don't know if is, is the exact case of what's happening in California. Yeah. Doesn't that, can't that like fall into the same well, definition as basically paying reparations? Isn't that the whole uh, yeah. tie of uh, your I, I think argument? so too. I mean, if it happened I mean, like 10, it, 20 years it ago. It depends on, argument, my it bad. depends on like what the nature of the funds are because mm -hmm. that's not, they're not giving them, like reparations is like paying them back for some like, uh, some oppression or whatever mm -hmm. that they experienced. But like this, I guess in a way it's reparations because mm -hmm. partially like that's part of their justification. But the, the main priority of it is like COVID guidelines, like subsidizing that uh, versus like, because like if you were, if you were to get like a reparations bill, right, that legislation, it would talk like about slavery specifically and like why we have to give people money for that <laughs> like specific thing. Um, but like, I don't know. I, I feel like it's a little different, but even if it is reparations, I'm not, I'm not even against reparations necessarily. I, we can talk about that if you want. I'm not necessarily against reparations if it's something recent. Like if, for example, that North Carolina bill, like fucked over black people like 10, 20 years ago. Right. Can I? Yeah. What? So there was a, I forget where it was. I think it was somewhere in the South, but this, uh, this black family had like proof that, um, that this like white family that like their grandparents, like mm -hmm. the, the black woman's grandparents were like killed and their uh, house was taken by the white person's grandparents. Okay. And so, um, uh, you know, obviously many like a generation later, um, or I, I forget if it was grandparents or parents because they, these people were pretty old themselves. So it's like their parents could be fucking from all, all the way back then. Um, but like, it, it, do you think that's justified in a way to give the house back to give the house back or maybe if to not give the house back, but to give some financial recompense or whatever? Can, I don't we, get think a, so. can we get a common definition of what you guys think reparations is? Because from what I'm under, like, for, just from like uh, the conversation thus far, thus far, the 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 idea that I'm getting is that the understanding of reparations is like a deprivation or being deprived of your will, essentially. That's that's kind being of being paid for that. Yeah. yeah. That that's yeah. Oh, 
reparations is the uh, counter effect yeah, of being yeah. deprived of I think will. reparations are good in the sense that if you personally not, not good. what is your what is your definition of reparations oh. so that way going forward we have a clear so understanding I think of what both you what, what I'm thinking what it is in my mind is that you are paying somebody or it, with either financial or physical compensation for something that was previously done to them okay mm-hmm. so let's say you personally did that then yes right but if my grandparents did or if my grandparents did it to someone else and then their grandparents were screwed, like doesn't that personally affect you though? It does. But I mean, we personally affect native Americans. Should we rep? We should, should we give uh reparations to native Americans? Maybe. I, I mean, like, it's I, the question. So. It, yeah. I don't think so. The, I mean, that's, well, I mean, that, the, the point of this discussion yeah, is yeah. that it's in the question. Yeah. So, um, putting aside native Americans, mm-hmm. um, yeah. there was, so like, after slavery was abolished, there was like a deal yeah. um, that uh, that was made for like previous slaves where they would get 40 acres and a mule. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with this? Uh, not really, not but really. that sounds yeah. that sounds right. Yeah, it, it was like it was an actual like legislative action. Mm-hmm. And um, and the problem is, is that like all these people who got, you know, offered this deal, a lot of it was fallen back on either they weren't given it at all or it was like sublet from a a white farmer who you know like had Mm -hmm. a lot of control over their production and their revenues and all those things Mm -hmm. um and uh or they would charge like super high fees or something like that and it it just really like the deal wasn't really made you know like it wasn't Mm -hmm. um properly carried out And, and i think like the american so that's like one aspect of it and then I think like the continued like degradation of the condition of like, you know, black Americans from like redlining or like um, keeping them out of the benefits from the GI bill, which is for those who don't know yeah, when, <laughs> when soldiers go to, or when they join the military, they get like free college or very heavily subsidized college. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was not given to black people like for, uh, from all the way, like, uh, I don't know if, black, if we even fought in World War One, but after World War Two and like the Vietnam War and the Korean War, I don't even think in any of those situations they were offered the benefits from the GI Bill. I could be wrong, though, on that, because I, it's definitely at least after World War Two they weren't offered, mm-hmm. which is like one of the biggest wars that we fought that, you know, fuck, fuck ton of Americans went to. The thing is, it's so multifaceted in the way that we oppress black people, mm-hmm. because it's like there's even so many small things like the way that uh, in like old housing, like a lot of a lot of black people, because they are on average more poor, they're relegated to like older housing units. And a lot of those older housing units have really bad like pipes that are either built with lead or they're using lead paint or like all of these like horrible things that cause like actual brain damage to people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Lowers your fucking IQ by a whole fucking standard deviation. Yeah, like uh, Michigan, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, um, they've... You know, they got the shit in Flint, like, kind of fixed up. But, Did they? Uh, oh, good for yeah, them. for Thank the most God. part. Thank but um, but it, the, there's still a lot of lead paint in houses and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I don't know, like, and even the construction of the highways, sectioning off, like, mm-hmm. uh, certain neighborhoods that were, you know, majority white and majority black from a whole highway. Or, like, 
just driving right through a, a highway or mm. a black community to get to a city because you know they just didn't have like the respect for it they they prioritized the the white homeowners um i i think just like there's like those things and so many more other like just like conditions of the time just like destroyed black people's ability to like actually change their trajectory in a lot of ways like a lot of a lot of poor people are like relegated to the condi conditions that they're born into. A lot yeah. of them don't make it out. You know, it's it's sad, but it's like it's a concept known as stickiness at the end, right? Like the poorest people are probably going to remain poor for a few generations, while the richest people are going to remain rich. Like this is an economic or sociological concept. You know, I, I think it's just because black people on average are more poor, like there are things that we can do to kind of alleviate those mm. um, conditions that the American government created, you know, we may, we might not be directly responsible in that the citizens alive today voted for those things, but like they voted for them a generation ago. Like that's not really that long ago. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, it, yeah, I just, I understand the recentism. Cause it's like, how far do you go back? You know, like, mm -hmm. do we give the fucking Mayans or whatever yeah. that got fucked by the conquistadors, like some shit um, or, or anything like that. And it's like, I can understand that. However, this is like the American government, you know, it's not like the colonies like this happened under like the United States of America, you know, and I, and I guess like and that's why I kind of support like certain Native American reparations, too. Mm. But it's very different with them because of like the whole reservation system. And like there's like a lot of other shit going on, you know, yeah, I got you. So like, yeah, that, that's that's just my take on it. I think. I think I'll be very specific with uh, what I think and we'll see if you disagree or disagree. Okay. So with reparations, I think that it shouldn't happen if does it wasn't happened directly to you. So let's say you are a black person and the government said, um, I don't know, 40 acres and a mule. All right. Mm -hmm. And then they don't give it to you. That's a fault of the government in that case. And they should give it to you. Right. Mm -hmm. But they shouldn't give it to that person's grandchildren. Why not? Uh, because it wasn't. Given oh, to them. so you think it should? Uh, from so, my understanding, so it's, you it are, shouldn't be grandfathered in. Is so what I'm saying. It should be to an individual basis, not yes. a family basis. Yes. I, I don't know. I kind of have a problem with this because it's like then we never made the deal. You know what I mean? If if you yeah, gave well, the deal to some person back then and you never carried it out, it's like so no one benefits from the deal that you made. The deal well, was just hollow and empty and meaningless. Well, yeah, the, the, like, deal, it, the deal is fucked. Like, I, I think that's fucked up. And a, I think like, so it, too. it sets a lot of people back in mm -hmm. a lot of ways. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I, like, I, I just think I don't know what the uh, econ equivalent today of 40 acres and a mule would be. Yeah. But like, <laughs> you know, I think someone actually did the calculations. For probably. The Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> well, probably not anymore. I, uh, I think the main thing is I think the solution to these uh, black issues like if black people are more poor or not just black people, but minorities are um, on general in general more poor. I think the solution is to help the poor people. Yeah, so, I don't disagree. Like, I don't it's think just, we want to uh, like, why would you want to segregate the poor people? Like, that doesn't make sense. Well, like, what about the because some some poor people need it more than other poor people? Yeah. You know what I mean? And like. It's it doesn't mean that poor people don't get anything. Mm -hmm. It just that means that the the poorest of the poor get a little more. It's like a, a, <laughs> it's like a grade on a curve on your grade. Well, I mean, Doctor Pulitzer believe in uh, curving grades. <laughs> yeah, 
What does curving grades have to do with referees? I don't, I don't know what it is. Well, well, literally, the, the do you believe in bonus points? I'm talking about in the idea of, you know, like economically, where it's like you have the, the wealthy, the people who are getting like 100% mm-hmm. on the test is like, well, how much how much should you care on a test about, you know, the fucking, the people who are doing like, who just don't get it as well. And it's just that, that I feel like that there are kind of ties in here of like, uh, I could see the analogy that you're doing. Uh, yeah. I mean, the main thing is, I, I think I, I'm i going to like try to... Just, you know what? Take it however you want. I, just yeah. fucking ignore me. Honestly. <laughs> it, was a, it was a bad mm. thing. I, I, it was I, a drew, bad I, thing. I drew the parallel, yeah. but also, fuck you. I mean, okay? It's like the idea <laughs> of compensation at that point. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like, how, how much do we want to help the people who need it? In I, yeah. case. Well, logically, then it turns into a moral dilemma. Logically, there exists a white farmer who is more poor than a black yes, farmer yeah. right and they would sure. probably need yeah. it more i think App- right. like people of the appalachia like yeah. that region and like certain mining towns right mm-hmm. like but that wouldn't be at a racial uh level that would just be at a um like a past industry mm-hmm. like where'd you work um you know like were you part of the fucking you know like people in appalachia are fucked so and a lot of people like in sorry but a lot of people in like virginian old mining towns are fucked. Like, I don't know if you've ever driven through them, but it's like, it's like depressing. It's like super sad. They're like isolated from the world. Um, And so I think definitely those people need to be targeted too. You know, it's just that. I think it should be regions and economic base, not race. Yeah. Yeah, So, yeah. So do you think that you, that this, uh, not necessarily reparations, but like uh, economic assistance essentially uh, should be focused more on those red lines that you talked about earlier? Um, yeah, I guess you could probably focus it on the specific regions that redlining was done. I, I don't disagree with that, you know. Yeah. Um, but so so then, OK, I can I can just concede then, you know, that maybe we should just focus on uh, economic uh, like things and then paired with uh, like certain regional aspects or something like that. Did I just um, win a debate? Well, <laughs> hang on now, maybe. because Uh-oh. that's not the only aspect of racially uh it solves like racially targeted, racially targeted legislation, right? Okay. What it about the Civil Rights Act? Fragments of okay. Or like the Bill Six, Bill C sixteen shit, you know, from What's Canada. Bill C sixteen. That's okay. the um in Canada, um, you're not allowed. <laughs> you're you're not allowed to um, misgender, uh, like you're not allowed to misgender employees, uh, tenants, or like. Things, things of that nature. Like purposely? Like, yeah, purposely. Okay. Yeah. Okay. In a in a harassing manner. Okay. Um, you know, so like if I was your boss, I couldn't fucking call you like a, a little baby bitch or maybe not that. You, I couldn't call you a little girl. You know Only what I mean? Or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I couldn't do those things. I think uh, that, I think I, I believe I conceded when we had that argument to an extent yeah. with, uh, I think in a business setting, it's definitely, I think out on the street, doesn't, doesn't matter. But um, I think in a business setting, it's very important. Yeah, out on the street is very different. So we have professional yeah. conduct. That's just like a oh, whole yeah. different matter, I feel. It's super important because in a corporate and professional manner, they have so much power, the people who are above you. Like they have the power to choose whether you have enough money to eat or have rent. And that mm-hmm. shouldn't be based on uh, your race, gender, whatever. So yeah. I... It's similar to uh, our first debate to an extent. Mm-hmm. Like, I think they should leave it out. Okay. 
yeah. in context, these guys have uh, debated multiple times over a Discord server. Yeah, we yeah, always yeah. argue. Discord yeah. server specifically for it. Well, that's what it's turned into nowadays. <laughs> and we have a political <laughs> battleground. Yeah. It's literally called the political battleground. And honestly, well, I think it's really fun to see like live in podcast form. I think uh, I was talking about our first debate in the... Uh, in here, like oh, the, okay. the first one, the first oh, yeah. question. Okay. Oh, yeah. to yeah. go back to that, I think it's similar to that where I don't think that it should be discussed. Someone. Oh, can. okay. Yeah. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Similar. Not, yeah. not the same because they're adults, but similar. Yeah. Right. Any closing statements, son? Um, no, I think Anthony's a little bitch. No. <laughs> <laughs> in so, closing, I'm going to say it. <laughs> this is on another kind of good tie in with the whole COVID thing. So. In the wake of COVID-19, do you believe the restriction, restrictions and regulations in America were effective? What are we defining by right. effective? Yeah. What, what is, the, what is the, desi- the, the desired effect? Uh, probably just like to stop spread, I'd imagine. Is like the response. Uh, and also, are we talking about the response of the people or the response that our country took? I guess it would mean, well, uh, I guess specifically it means like, were they like a positive impact on like restricting the COVID-19 pandemic? So, though, like when I formulated this, this is what I was thinking, like with, um, there's kind of a balance in the more you restrict people, the worse the economy, the economy gets and the less you do it, the worse the uh, COVID gets, but the best, the mm-hmm. better the It's a cost-benefit yes. analysis. Yeah. So I think, I personally, it's really hard to gauge with the uh, the economics specifically because uh, we're... Okay, and, and the, I, Jordan Peterson made this uh, analogy that I liked a lot. I saw it on Instagram today. Um, it, there is a... The America is basically just a big ass boat, a big boat, all right? And there's an iceberg, okay? We made this iceberg with this pandemic regulations and things we are too big to turn away from the iceberg now we're gonna hit the iceberg we just haven't hit it yet oh you're talking about like the whole the titanic thing where like if you hit it straight on oh, you won't the, the titanic won't sink kind of shit no well, you, you can't actually turn the like because the vessel's way too big to turn it in time so you're just gonna so hit you're, it you're saying that the iceberg is a recession pretty much okay. it, we're gonna hit a recession yeah. eventually yeah I, I think it's gonna be significantly worse because of the actions we took with COVID. Mm. So the, um, so I guess, yeah, I, I, I guess what, what I would say, but yeah, I, I guess what I would say is that, um, uh, there is a, a huge cost benefit. Okay. Here's a big problem that I have. Okay. Is that every time that I talk to like a conservative or something about COVID-19, they always mm. say that like, Oh, it only affects people with pre-existing conditions and like, and you got to be old as shit and you got to be this, you got to be that like a, a big problem with that is that like a large portion of America has those pre-existing conditions, whether it's obesity or fucking diabetes or their oldest shit or anything along those, along those lines. Like if you, I think like more than 60% have like two or three of them, you Mm -hmm. know? So it's like, there needs, there needs to be like more of a, a focus on like on that aspect because the whole idea of like, you know, you're, it's only a COVID death if they only had COVID and no other mm. pre-existing conditions. Like, it's really fucking stupid, I think. Like, that that analysis of... And I'm not saying... You, I don't think you've done that at all. Like, we haven't even talked about that, so I'm not mm. calling you stupid. But I think that analysis of, like, that sort of thing is stupid. And so it it changes the way that we analyze, you know, the, the cost-benefit. You know what I mean? Because while regulations did exacerbate some... Uh, what's it called? Some economic, like, issues, it... it if you there was like research done uh, in two interesting studies that I saw where one 
they did uh they looked at like the foot traffic after like the pandemic started they looked at the foot traffic of like certain retail stores and restaurants and like compared where there were like no regulations and where there were like a lot of regulations and what they found is that there was like a negligible change in the foot traffic mm. right which means like uh at least the conclusions that the researchers made was that the um the reduction of like economic activity that's happening is because of the pandemic people don't want to go outside and get sick in these like high uh, and this was in early days of the pandemic when this was done, because obviously as time went on, people got really tired of the regulations. But well, I mean, I, I don't think that's really that valid in the earliest days, like when there's actual lockdown and they couldn't open their doors like restaurants. Well, you couldn't it, go to them. I'm not saying it was like right. Like it, it was like right after because they had like right after as in like the following months or like ha okay. half a year or so, because like there were areas that didn't have lockdowns. You know what I mean? Like yeah, to an extent. Yeah. Well, because also, um, what's it called? I, it's really hard to remember because a lot mm -hmm. of a lot of shit is blurred right now. Yeah. But like I, from what I remember, there was um, there wasn't really like a national level lockdown. Like there were there were some in terms of like first year. Mm -hmm. I guess we'll look at like I, I don't remember there being like a national level lockdown. Yeah. It was like it was it was very it was like promoted by the president, but it wasn't like like states had a lot of variability in how they could go about it you know yeah a lot of states did things very differently yeah. i know ohio we had that first like uh how long how long was the actual like supreme lockdown like no restaurants two or no, three weeks or something yeah something like yeah. that i think it was i, yeah, I want to remember I, was, like, I remember i was working I at a bar at that time and uh when covid first started we uh literally in the first couple of days we were still open then for mm -hmm. like well, very luckily we managed to transition to like takeout and just like a delivery yeah. driving like immediately after. So I, I don't know how other restaurants and places responded, but it was a very quick transition to, we need to do driving yeah. right now and delivery because well, otherwise we will shut the fuck down. It's going to be really hard um, to, cause the recession is going to happen whether or not yeah. we had the COVID uh lockdown or anything like that yeah there, there's gonna be a recession but yeah because that, that's just the nature of like boom bust cycles yeah. in our market so the major thing is there's it's gonna be super hard to tell whether or not um actual issues of the pandemic and the lockdowns actually made it worse or not because when we have the we don't we don't know right we can't well, go to a different universe and say oh well no. covid didn't happen no but we do have early models of like you know, where we had a range of, uh, of like possible, like, you know, where we do the least amount of regulations versus like the most amount of regulations, mm -hmm. um, where I think from like early estimates, it was like, I think like 3 million or something was like the high, like the, if we did no regulations yeah. at all. And then like the low was like 500 K or some shit like that. If we did like shit in China or something where they're like boarding up doors and everything. Yeah. Um, but like, the um, but obviously we've experienced a million people. Uh, I think in the United States dying, and mm -hmm. the and it's like, I don't know. I think that there is a at least based off the models, and I do based. respect um aspects of modeling. Obviously, there are. I, I don't know exactly how they performed the um, like actually developing the models, but like there 
are a lot of like assumptions that can be made that are really wrong, you know, but I don't know. I, I have faith in epidemiologists for the most part. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I kind of do in America and a lot of other countries, but actually my, uh, my last project that I did, the one I was talking to you about that I did twice, uh, we took COVID data from three different sources and integrated it in my data integration class, you know, great. Um, but the main problem with it is a lot of countries misrepresent their uh, numbers. Like China, I think rep has yeah. reported like 300,000 cases. Like there's no fucking way. Like or to like be that. fair, they have, well, they do have a billion people. So I definitely like, think that they're underreporting. They're 100 they, billion percent. Are. Yeah. But I, I, they did take some of the strictest measures. So yeah, there's you know, no way, it, yeah. there's no way it worked that well. There's guarantee. No, I, no, promise. I don't disagree. Cause there was also, there's an analysis of like, um, the purchasing of coffins or urns. Yeah. I think it was urns actually because they're burning the fucking bodies. Um, and like there was a massive increase in like the sale of urns yeah. and, um, and shit like that. And it wasn't proportional to the ones that they marked. Well, and I don't, I don't disagree that some are underreporting, but like this is data based off the U S mm -hmm. done by United States epidemiologists, you know, um, I don't really have a reason to think that they're lying or a reason yeah. to think that they would misrepresent. Obviously, some countries differ. I, we've already seen a lot of economic impact with uh, particularly California. I don't remember what the percentage is. Uh, maybe uh, Jamie here can look it up. <laughs> um, but I think I, there was, I think it's like 20 to 50% of small businesses closed in California, something yeah. like that, or small restaurants, rather. I don't think it's... Um, the small businesses are the ones that are going to get shit on by this. I know yeah. I personally felt it um, being at a startup company, right? Um, we basically couldn't go on and go into meetings, couldn't do all this because of all the lockdowns and everything. I mean, yeah. at that point it was early and we didn't really know, but after we actually had the data of COVID and how deadly it actually is, I think it was way too. I mean, 0.9% of small businesses. A million yeah, people in three years. I mean, like what is, what is the number that would say that would what would, what is the number of people that would justify I the mean, regulations and economic that number done? is really misleading as well because if someone has covid and they die uh, it's like not everyone like pretty much everyone got covid did you guys all get covid yeah i, I did i didn't i, I, didn't. I, I only got it i only got it recently, recently. yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm kind i barely of upset about i didn't that. get it <clears throat> i didn't get it either. i didn't get it i like i almost didn't 50 percent of the people i don't know if jenny got it but uh 50% of the people in this debate, right, have gotten COVID. Mm -hmm. Everyone, like, if we're also 20 and a lot years of people old, die. Yeah. A lot of people die generally. So, if, let's say a lot of them get COVID and then they die, they, I mean, this, it's really hard to tell if the <laughs> cause was COVID. And most of the people who die from COVID have the pre existing conditions. Yeah, right? but you already, like, yeah. do you think that what I said earlier, like, yeah. makes that? that criticism oh, kind sorry, of yeah. no you're good okay. kind of like because i think it kind of invalidates that because to i, an extent. I yeah okay. and the reason i think it's to an extent is because we're healthy 20 year olds right yeah but what is the, why should what i is the population of healthy 20 year olds uh well i mean should like the healthy 20 year olds have to be inside um maybe not inside but they should definitely like mask up or like um because think about it like this right if i have a family you know me, wife, three kids, and my mom lives with me or mm -hmm. my mom's husband or whatever the fuck. Like the, um, or my wife's boyfriend, you know, who's old. <laughs> um, if I were to, 
if if we were to just have like a fully open economy or whatever, you know, no regulations, but mm-hmm. old people stay at home, yeah. you know, like there is still a huge chance that those old people will get COVID because of like the spreading done by people who are younger. You know, it may not affect me as so much, saying that yeah. but I can still spread it camps? to people who will affect, you know? Yes, I know. Uh, I mean, I, I agree with you, but also I don't think that the measure, I don't think that, people should be, their freedom should be limited based on other people's issues. Like we've never dealt with any issue like that. Like if someone had a pre-existing issue, they were the ones that had to deal with it. Right. Yeah. But it, it don't you, you don't think it affects society a little more when massive numbers of people are dying or I like, mean, or the stress on our healthcare system because of the nursing shortage, mm-hmm. as well as the increase in um, traffic. Well, I think definitely when there's a, a pandemic going around, it'll put stress on on you, but it's up to you whether you want to take the risk or not. I think so. I think it's definitely should be on the individual rather than the big, the big brother government telling you, hey, stay at home. I don't know. Because like if we had, uh, let's say that there was like an Ebola outbreak or something okay. in America where it's, this is something that is highly deadly, you yeah, know, yeah, spreads yeah. very quickly. What was the book we had to read about that? I have no fucking. Oh, fuck, uh, was that, was my mom uh, did that. I, I, I used to yeah, think she got AIDS. Book. <laughs> she made us read the book. Oh, I think, yeah, I think that's where yeah, I read it. It was either was it called? I'm always mix it up with like Fahrenheit the no. seven with oh, something, yeah. but I think it's literally another thing where it's just numbers. Not no, numbers it's like where the something falls. Where the or wild like, things are. No, <laughs> where the I wild things are. Yeah, that was just a case about an Ebola outbreak. But like, if something like that happened. Do you think the government can't tell people like, hey, stay inside? Like, well, let's do some, let's deal with this. Well, yeah, because that's deadly to everyone, right? Yeah. Okay. So the hot zone and all. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. There you go. Um, the I, main I, I thing is like book. my main Spartans. criticism is after we've learned the data, right? I like when we didn't. Well, that's know, all hindsight, though. I yeah. I agree. Okay. All right. Um. So after we learned everything, then we were still doing. Oh, okay, we're gonna. Uh, keep everyone inside uh, and you can only do takeout and all of that. So it was a little shaky, I'd say. Um, for the first two weeks, we had no idea what the fuck was going on. People thought everyone was going to die and it was like, it was actually terrible. Like that was genuine. Yeah, that was the original perception. That was the original per- perception. But once it turned out to be kind of mild and we got um, more data, I mean, we even had uh, early China data, right? Um, where before they were like really trying to cover it up. Wasn't uh, also the origin of COVID that was causing more panic than I feel like the actual, I feel like it idea. was such a, it was such a televised event uh, and there was a lot of misinformation that was spread during that period. Too. Yeah. Con- conservative in my mind, I, and I, I think you'll agree at least conservatives focused a lot on like, did it originate from a lab? Like, yeah. was it a lab leak? You know, that whole like uh, theory about it. Yeah. We'll probably never know, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of, um, Unless kind of someone comes but out also, and says, I don't, another one of those things like, well, monkeys had AIDS. Yeah, like, <laughs> I, uh, but no I, I don't think sure. it really matters though where it comes from uh, because it's like it's already out, right? All we mm-hmm. can do is deal with the repercussions, yeah. you know. Like, and also the well, like, like the, the lab that exists in Wuhan, mm-hmm. like that's a um, like it's a U like there's U.S. investment in it, you know. Yeah, like unless you think that the U.S the United States and China were collaborating to release like some virus, like to, to the entire population 
to gain some global control. That's a like, blog post. That's a that's a that's a fun story. You know, that's a fun like narrative to like think about. But that's like, I think it's yeah. pretty unrealistic. Yeah. Well, I think the main thing is if like, like I don't I don't like that argument for one reason. And like, if you shoot someone and you're like, well, he's dead already, so you know, might as well leave it. You know, like well, that's a bad that argument. doesn't really apply. He because it's if like they did it. Even if you shoot the gun on accident, right? They may have let like maybe they were doing some kind of research and. That research. Uh, Are you trying to make bad. negligent discharge? Like, here's why. Yeah. Well, no. Okay. Here's the thing, right? Because we wouldn't. Um, mm. What needs to happen after someone gets shot is okay. that someone gets taken to the hospital, right? Yeah. What happened after the there was there might have been negligence and the virus got released? We need to create legislation and public policy to counter it, right? The but what happens after is the trial, right? We yeah. punish the person who killed, right? And, but like an investigation, like I, I don't think focusing on the investigation and punishing whoever released it or whatever is really like the the primary focus that should be. Um, like a mix of priorities? Be, yeah, there should be a priority first and foremost to deal with the effects of the virus. Well, I agree with you there, but also I think we should agree. We should definitely uh, go on, go look at both things, right? Yeah, Uh, we can look at both things, but it's like, but when conservative, the problem is, is like when I look at this, Mm -hmm. like from like a political, uh, you know, like legislative standpoint, Mm -hmm. conservatives did not care about the effects. They yeah. cared about where it came from only. You yeah. know, they prioritized like China this, China that. They're evil. Yeah. They're going to fucking, they're trying to kill us all or whatever. They're trying to gain control. And it's like, uh, maybe like, but even if that is true, that should make you want to counter the virus even more. Mm-hmm. Because this, if this COVID-19 has like some crazy unknown effects created by, synthesized by the Chinese government. Yeah. Um, you know, you would obviously want that to not be spread. You would want to deal with the effects. But. It's, it's I, the same thing with like law enforcement. Like if if a, a crime happens, you uh-oh. you no. I'm just saying you <laughs> want you want a like an immediate response time on it. And when a crisis yeah. occurs, you want a response to it, not necessarily yeah. like a well, you know, we're kind of mulling over the facts right now. It's like something's <laughs> happening right now. The, yeah. Essentially, the crime is happening yeah. now. I think it was right? like three months after the first COVID case in America happened, mm-hmm. like Donald Trump did nothing. Like he didn't yeah. talk about it. He said it was going to go away. He said like it's being blown up by Democrats or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Like he didn't, he didn't do anything. You yeah. know what I mean? He, it, all he did was posture against mm-hmm. like China and say they released this virus, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And you know, people ate it up, but like, well, I guess maybe not because the election was kind of a referendum on his, uh, his COVID stuff, but I think, uh, do you think that, let's say, I, I think the conspiratorial, like they released it on purpose is stupid, frankly. Like, I, why would they do that? And like, if they were going to do that, why would they release such a mild, ver- like, yeah. why wouldn't they do like an Ebola or something yeah, like it was that? It a test. Right. Yeah. Like, just a, a real quick no, test. Have, have you ever played Plague Inc.? You got to give it to everyone before you mutate and give and get the deadly parts. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. That's true. <laughs> kill switch. All right. Um, but the main thing is like, why would you do that? Um, but let's say hypothetically, if they um, made the virus and then it leaked somehow, like just from negligence, mm-hmm. right? Should that kind of research be halted if it was neg- 
uh, or some kind of issue. Like they, there should be some kind of law or some kind of uh, legislation or some kind of action that happens to that. So it doesn't happen in the future. Maybe it's stricter guidelines or sure. something but like that. Guidelines exist already yeah. for those well, things. It should be more than that. Right? Well, so the thing is though, is that like, a lot of so I think you're referencing like mm. the gain of function yeah, stuff. Gain of yeah, gain of function stuff. And yeah. so the um the thing with gain of function is that like it has led to a lot of really good developments in terms of, of like I I don't exactly understand it, but it's like it's basically if I'm and maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, but like they take like a sample of some virus that they have and they um they allow they do something in a petri dish that makes it like replicate a fuck ton okay. and you can use that to like yeah. study mutations and like the way that it spreads and like okay. all these other things about it i believe it yeah. they also make it worse as well yeah to, it, that's to study so that's why like, it's what simulated it mutations yes. yeah okay and but it also could have potentially caused the worst pandemic we've seen in a long time i that that might be true but it, it's like it um i i, I don't know like does one so okay here this is a, i guess a, a question that we should ask does the the losses from this pandemic mean that we should never do that research again and like lose out on all of the potential gains in the future i think more studies have to be done uh, like let's say okay let's hypothetically say 100 they did it right and it uh -huh. was done in the lab okay then we have to look at it and see if it was neg negligence or if it was uh, like purposeful purposeful okay so then let's say we go down the line and it's negligence right so then we have to look at what were the precautions they used were they mm -hmm. using a lot of precautions or were they using a little okay and then let's say they were using a lot of precautions and it was like perfectly it's just like no like you know i don't know some worst case super, scenario worst case thing. scenario like uh i don't know the three people who were uh, supposed to be watching the 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 substance like fell over and died and then, like you know like worst possible scenario yeah. like a guy anything. trips on his shoelace his head his head cracks yeah. against the the glass there's a small little little split and yeah. his, his air filters popped off no, yeah, no. His, child, his child called him from like school he's sick and in the vibration like pulled it off you know like shit like that like one in a million scenario like it, yeah. if that is the case then probably should stop right I don't know if they use like perfect precautions because like, like even the mm. thing is, is that they're like for the research of yeah. like um, that has like high capacity for like danger or death or whatever the fuck. Right. Like these sorts of things have a ton of regulations around them. Mm -hmm. So like the fault is like point zero 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 one percent error or something like that. Even smaller probably. Yeah. But that's still non zero. Right. Yeah. So it's like. I think like the, I wish I knew more. Mm. Hey, Jamie, pull up, um, <laughs> pull up gains made from gain of function research. Okay. Uh, cause I think it has led to a lot of really positive developments in epidemiology in terms of like know. understanding the spread of disease and like how to deal with certain diseases. Mm. Um, but like the, so like, I think axing that, I think it kind of like kneecaps a whole, uh, 
industry basically or a whole whole, whole, whole like leg of science also how how remote are these locations where that the spread is now spanning the scope of like the entire world as well i feel like there's just a lot of a lot of things that just kind of don't make sense to me so i'm obviously i'm going to refrain i mean if one person got it at the lab they could go home yeah, like, yeah you, you should just like be paid to be isolated for yeah. your entire life if you're going to be <laughs> doing epidemiology. Yeah, As but an I interjection, um, the topic is about <laughs> restrictions being <laughs> effective in America. Oh, yeah. Well, these That's things matter. Well, I mean, if because it's like, it it's matter. like, is it worth it? Yeah. Well, we need to determine like, you know, what is the value of like. Yeah. Of doing those things, yeah, what, are we, like what are we? What are we avoiding? What are we gaining? I mean, if there was an Amer- American investment in that the Wuhan lab, right? Then it kind of does affect America because there shouldn't be a investment in the Wuhan lab yeah. if we determine that there shouldn't be. You know, I mean, I agree. Um, I think I thought I don't, I could be very wrong, but I like I thought gain of function research was very new and didn't really do much. I yet. thought it's been uh, I, I thought it's been around since like the seventies. I could be wrong. I, I could be I'm like nineteen seventy five. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um. So. So yeah. Like we've been using it yeah. for quite a while, and it had. And this is like the first time in what uh fifty years almost. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's like, but it's also like the worst pandemic we've seen in a while. You know, like yeah, true. But how many pandemics has it prevented us from? I don't know. Like uh, swine flu wasn't bad. I don't know. If I don't know. Gain of function. Gain of function. Yeah. yeah, right. Like, yeah, that's we a tenuous link. I mean, like the thing about swine flu is like we didn't have. Did we have like? I guess we have a flu vaccine, right? Did that? We had no. We had a, a swine flu vaccine. I don't oh, know yeah. if you remember, like everyone lining up in like schools and shit. There were like yeah. massive lines. I don't know if it was government mandated or mm-hmm. if like people just went out and got it. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think it was. I don't. You don't think it was mandated? I don't think so. I don't remember. I mean, we were I think the people being upset about the government mandates is probably just because of Trump for the most part, but like for both ends, right? So I don't know if they would have gotten as pissed back then, yeah. you know? I don't know. That's, yeah, I don't know. That's so weird. Like imagine- Political Trump, culture is very different today. Yeah. Imagine if Trump was president back then. Like how, how would that have gone, you know? Don't think you're vaccine. <laughs> Wear your bag, bag of hat. But I mean, I don't- But America was great back then. Yeah, it's not now. <laughs> that yeah. that's that's that what was we under Obama. On. I mean, we already had a flu vaccine and everything, and I think the flu vaccine is very similar every year, right? It's just like um, updated a little bit. Well, yeah. Well, it changes because of yeah. like mutations. Right. I don't think like last year's flu vaccine is yeah yeah is it's useful like, for this. Uh, well, the process that we've been using is yeah. the same, and we yeah. know it's safe and everything. Mm-hmm. So I it's but different. also. The the virus might have come from gain of function research, but yeah. like the the vaccine itself came from um what's it called the the messenger RNA. Uh, yeah, I, I don't mRNA. think I don't think that was from gain of function research. No. Yeah, so that's like, different. and that's a very new technology that's like yeah. incredible. Honestly, yeah. like the, it is and it isn't right because we don't know the long term effects of it at all. Uh, I mean, like really the um what's it called? Like we've the vaccine has been out for what like. Two years now, or something, something like that. Yeah, um, and I think uh, in terms of past vaccines that mm-hmm. have that have been used, like the long term effects show up in like six months usually, or like something like that. And the, I'm not a doctor. I have no idea. I, I I'm not either. I've literally just like read this yeah. <laughs> one time, and I'm like, okay, that kind of makes sense. That, sounds, that four article <laughs> sounds right. I'm not an epidemiologist. Okay, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think that it's just like the nature of like the disease, the way that it spreads. 
Um, I think all of those things kind of play into the need for uh, more regulations to prevent the spread. You know, mm -hmm. whether that's like advocating for social distancing or anything like that. Well, I think mandating vaccines is probably not a good idea until we learn the actual, because there are actual side well, effects, right? So, well, yeah, but there's side effects to every vaccine. Right? I mean, so. Uh, what's a what's a long-term side effect that. I think, isn't myocarditis autism? a thing? So myocarditis is also a, uh, a side effect of COVID-19. Right? Yeah. And people who get COVID-19 have a higher rate of getting myocarditis than mm. people who get the vaccine. Um, also, myocarditis is not like a, a chronic thing. It's a, it's acute, right? Like it, it doesn't, yeah. it's treatable and it goes away. Um, yeah, I know uh, some, I mean, it's kind of anecdotal, but there are some soccer players who have gotten the vaccine and then pretty much can't play soccer anymore, right? Because uh, it, well, I, I think it's irregularities in the heart, right? Is what myocarditis? myocarditis? Yeah, it's something like that, or like some inflammation. I think. Yeah, I think. It's, um, yeah, it, 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 your and blood flowing. That might be uh, correct. I don't know if it. Um, I don't like. Are you sure that it was like permanently? They'll never be able to play. I don't know because if it's permanent. I'm. I don't know if myocarditis. Hey, is permanent. Jamie. Hey, Jamie. Is myocarditis permanent. Yeah. Yeah. Spell myocarditis. <laughs> God, Spell it out, Jamie. Today. <laughs> My, wait, hold on. Google's helping me. Is it permanent? You're asking. Yeah. I don't know if it is. But I don't think it is. Even if it isn't, the vaccine isn't permanent, right? Um, no, but like, yeah, so the is why, any vaccine permanent? I I think so. I think there are Ooh. some that are permanent, aren't there? Or like we 20, get boosters, 50, thirty years, multiple. If you look at the vaccine schedule, like that is created for like yeah. uh, kids in America, mm -hmm. we get like um something like fifteen vaccines or some shit. Uh, yeah. from age like zero to one and a half, I think. Yeah. and. Some of those vaccines are repeats, like boosters of the last one. Yeah, but are there, I think. And you have to continually get tetanus as well. Are there some vaccines that are permanent? Um, and also, maybe this is, most vaccines are like 99, 100% effective. Yeah. So this one is not. Well, it's also, it was made in a year. Yeah. Like well, the, the, it's the good, um, but what's it called? Uh, what's, what was made from penicillin or the. There was like some uh penicillin was made from mold. Yeah, yeah. but there whoever no, what the fuck is the disease that like everyone got? Polio, polio. or something. Yeah, the polio, polio vaccine. That one is like pretty permanent, but that's after 50 years of, you know, research. Yeah. Uh, so should it. we give someone a should we mandate someone take a experimental treatment? That's been But it's not experimental. Year. It kind of well, well, it was, every, right? It was, right? And should we mandate it? As a quick interjection, my, myocarditis is in very rare cases, permanent. Oh, very most rare. Of the time, okay, so we're, we're talking about like 1% and 1% kind of, you know, but still, like you shouldn't, that exists. even if you, you shouldn't mandate it, especially in a soccer player, some, someone like that is going to be highly, highly in tune with what they're going to be doing. Like they're going to be eating the right foods, taking vitamins, working out all the time. They're going to have probably little to no risk factors because it's respiratory. So they're going to have like the people who die and have risk factors are going to have lung problems, right? So, why should a soccer player have to take something like that? Does the soccer player ever interact with old people or I mean, like immunocompromised sure people? Like, I don't know. I think that there, there's just ways in our community mm -hmm. that we can make people be safer, right? If that means social distancing, I, I won't disagree that some mm -hmm. regulations were probably taken too far, like not being able to go like on the beach or to a park or something, yeah. something like that. Um, but like in 
general or, or the principle of regulations, I don't think is a bad thing. Um, and I think is probably necessary to protect some people in our society. We do do these things for things like, um, like drunk driving, right? Yeah. Like this is, you know, if I, if I drink and drive and I don't crash, I'm not bothering anyone. I'm chilling. I'm doing whatever. But we still punish people who drunk drive and don't mm. crash because it's like the principle of like you causing that damage to someone else and you just being reckless in your own behavior and like ruining the lives of someone else. I would be completely on your side or I mean, I don't know if this is necessarily your side or, or I would be completely on the side of uh, mandates for vaccines if they were 100%. But they aren't like and they don't last that long. Like what is it? Six months? Three, three to six, something like that. But it's like just that. like vaccines don't last forever. Yeah, like, I know. But like other ones last Vaccines longer. are like consumables. And because this one's not even that good, like comparatively to other I mean, what, what is the... Because I think the original vaccine is was like 90 something percent yeah. and then it dropped to like yeah. 70. And it, like, I think the one that I got like, like a year and a half ago or how long ago was it? The one that I got so, probably barely helps so, me now. So how come... So... Would you be okay with us mandating the Johnson and Johnson one? Because that wasn't made with messenger RNA. That was made with traditional methods. And if you remember, like the does, the, does that one have side effects? And is that one one hundred percent effective? I'm n no. yes, it has side effects, and no, it's not one hundred percent. Yeah, effective. so no. Okay, then we're we've done production of vaccines in a very mm -hmm. short period of time, like with the swine flu vaccine, mm -hmm. and with um, I don't know the name of it. But like we've we've done this multiple times where we've developed it in a short period of time and it's helped immensely in terms of capping the the spread of it. I'm and not so saying like, and that it shouldn't be even taken. even if it's not a hundred percent effective, seventy percent of efficaciousness applied to a hundred percent of the population is a good amount of like efficacious vaccines. What's it called? And for stopping the spread as well. Mm -hmm. Well, yes and no because you don't stop like um, you can still get it and spread it. If you have a vaccine, yeah. right? So a child who has a higher risk the, of getting getting it and spreading it, yeah, you have to think about the likelihood, the yeah. probability of getting it and spreading it. They're both immensely lower, and yeah. also the um, the long term effects are also like hindered because of uh, the vaccine being taken. So it's like people who had like long term respiratory problems, you know, if they were to take a vaccine before that, it's possible or even likely that they wouldn't have those uh those same issues because mm -hmm. it's just you know the vaccine well, does provide benefits if we look at like a five-year-old they're gonna get covid and be like like it's gonna be gone right why should Depends they get a five -year -old, it yeah. kind of yeah but i mean like very rarely unless if they have a, another pre-existing condition or anything like that. i mean if, adam might not I make mean, it <laughs> Asthma, uh, diabetes. Yeah, well, like, I mean, if you have... Oh, if you kids have are obese as shit. <laughs> if you have those pre-existing conditions, I'm saying you should get it. But if you don't, that's like the main thing. But it's like... Like me, personally, I, if, I only got it because I was interacting with my parents, right? And my mm -hmm. mom's a smoker and my dad's kind of old, so... Well, I, I think a reason why it might be applied to everyone is because mm -hmm. of like the... Um, what's it called? Like equal protections or something. I, I forget mm -hmm. what, what it's called, but it's like you can't... Um, like create a legislation that specifically applies to someone because of their, mm. um, because of their like immutable like condition or whatever. Well, I think you should be able to choose. I don't think there should be legislation at all telling you, you have to take a medical procedure, right? Um, That's what I think for the most part. I mean, some of the older vaccines that actually like 100% effective and there's like little or no side effects and it's like, 
Personally, I'd argue of how invasive it is. Uh, like there, has, you're afraid of needles. <laughs> I, am, I am afraid of needles, but like I am not opposed to getting a vaccine. I've gotten, yeah. I've gotten the vaccine, but just like uh, there, I feel like there needs to be drawn a certain line at what point where a medical procedure becomes so invasive that by all accounts shouldn't be mm -hmm. mandated. And like I feel like drawing the line there is really important of yeah. what is and uh, what infringes upon what because uh, I feel like that's what you're trying to build here Cole where you're yeah. saying that uh, these vaccines that aren't 100% uh, effective they provide side effects and it's like in a way it affects your capabilities to perform whatever you wish to do suppose that you're like 100% yeah. healthy person yeah. you know the option is there I, I don't know where I'm leading this to but that's just from what I'm what, trying to a, understand a person who is healthy and doesn't have these uh, pre-existing conditions, they're going to get COVID and 99.999% they're going to be fine. I mean, you could get the flu and die and be like that. You the, could get all of this. The thing is, is that the population of people who fit that category yeah. are not, I don't even think they're the majority of the people in the country. You know well, what I yeah, mean? And those people should get the vaccine on their own choice. So Anthony, do you, uh, are, well, uh, okay, are you, are you working under the, uh, the assumption that, that the vaccine is more about accountability rather than the side effects. Um, I, I think it's it's more about well because I, I think the side effects are negligible. That's okay. the thing, and I think the side effects from COVID nineteen mm. are actually worse than the side effects from the vaccine. And this is uh, this is borne out in a lot of data. You know, there is um, like long term effects with your ability to smell or taste things. There's like. Um, What's it called? Like there's long COVID, which causes like long, uh, yeah. long-term respiratory problems. Obviously it causes myocarditis and like other heart inflammation or other inflammation throughout the body. Like th these sorts of side effects, not only does it affect like everyone because it, it will like people who are still young and healthy, they still get some long-term side yeah. effects from it. These sorts of things, like it causes stress on the medical system. It causes stress on our economy. It causes more death. It causes, mm. you know, like, I think it's just like, there should be a, a vaccine created and probably mandated in order to like stop those things from happening. Mm -hmm. it, it might be authoritarian. You might call it authoritarian, but like, I think that there are some events that happen in which authoritarian actions need to be taken. I, I think like to say, can we get a uh, closing yeah, statements from fair. both sides? Cause yeah. this is, this I think is it's about on. two hours right now. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, my main thing is I think for someone who is super, I, I think I'm not anti-vax at all. Like I've gotten the vaccine. I don't, right? yeah, I don't yeah. think the main thing is if you are young and healthy and you don't think the, and you think the risk of myocarditis or whatever other, um, side effects that potentially can be is higher than COVID, then you, sh then the risk of getting COVID or, uh, the side effects of COVID, then you shouldn't get it. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's a reason why everyone in a population should get a medical treatment like that. Like the, if it was 100% effective and it didn't cause the side effects that it did, then it'd be a very different story. I think that it's a dream world to think that we can develop a vaccine that's 100% effective with no side effects in a um, in the span of a year to actually deal with a a worldwide pandemic well, I agree that's you. you know causing a disruption throughout the world. Um, and I think from the level of death that we've seen, uh, there is not an underreporting, uh, or I'm sorry, there is not an overreporting of COVID-19 deaths. If anything, there's an underreporting, and the um, and so I think a, a mandating a man a mandate of a vaccine 
probably would have dealt with those numbers a lot better than uh, not than not doing it, which we did. Great debate. <laughs> that, that, honestly, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, I, I really enjoy when you guys get into discussions because it, it really does bring a lot of new information to the board. And uh, you feel like you've learned something, Alex? No, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> it's gone in one ear. I've comprehended it and then right out the other side. Good. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us today, Cole. This has Thank been the Null Thought fun. Discourse. You're not welcome. Fuck you guys. I hate you all. <laughs> Perfect. Liberal scum. <laughs> I would, I, honestly, I would like to do this again sometime on like some, you know, because we often talk about like a lot of topical events on the podcast. And so it's like, there's going to be a lot of opinions to be had mm-hmm. here. We need a, so. more conservative opinions. We don't have any. Yeah. I mean, Sanity. yeah, you can, you can see it a lot. It's, it's just like, from what I can like feel and understand, you are a very individualistic person yeah. where that you uh, mostly hold close to you, your, uh, uh, more like your personal ties and that's mm-hmm. what you hold accountability on rather than, you know, like uh, just like more distant interactions, you know? Yeah, I'm mostly, I don't hold any of my ideas as sacred or anything like that. If an idea is wrong or I think it's wrong, I'm going to drop it. Okay, not, that's right. I yeah, don't hold that, any ideas. Yeah, that's 100% <laughs> I, don't, I don't have any ideas at all. <laughs> I, I only say the last thing that I've heard in 24 hours. <laughs> I'm just like Joe Rogan. Thanks. Well, thanks for. <laughs> yeah. I just heard Anthony talk, so I'm gonna be. Uh, I'm gonna be liberal, I guess. Or is that? Are you liberal? Yeah. Okay. Bro- yeah, broadly liberal. So I'll, I'll be liberal. I'm liberal now. <laughs> Let's go. Last person. Thought. See you next week. Or I'm not gonna make any promises. But that, that was point. Zane slash Jamie. Jamie. <laughs> Anthony. Me. And I'm Alex. And I'm Cole. And I got a book coming out. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) No biggie. No biggie. All right. See you guys.